This podcast is snowed in, and we have to dig ourselves out of a choose-your-own-adventure story, the reality of a viral outbreak, and a playthrough review of Dead of Winter. in the earth did not stop them buried in the snow definitely won't <laughs> nicole i think we needed to use our shovels as weapons okay are you ready for that sure all right well that's nicole that's my wife nicole i'm hey, fred how are you and we are the talk about board games podcast hosts <laughs> this might be your first episode i doubt it <laughs> this is episode 33 for us it could be their first episode if right. it's your first episode welcome <laughs> pull up a chair <laughs> you and your <laughs> If you've never had baked potatoes before, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, recently I had a vacation and I used it to stay at home. Who else does that? I don't even know. Lots of people. Do they? Yeah. What do you do on your stay at home vacation? Gardening stuff. Yeah. Which wasn't fun. Yeah. But it had to be done. That's right. Because I did two weeks at home. I know. How lunatic is that? You're a lunatic. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but I did two weeks at home, and we actually used that time to get a lot of games played. Yes. Of course, I wrote new jingles. We heard those in the last episode. Yes. Right? Might hear one of them today, maybe. Which one? I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't write the script. <clears throat> now, we had plenty of time to play games. We invited lots of people over, and we recorded plenty of features. So we've got a lot of episodes kind of in the can right now. But uh, for this episode, let's find out what got played. We like to game with gods we like to game with dice so this is what we say but when the chips were gone and the sun came up hey let's see what got played all right this is a game we've talked about before definitely have talked about this before at least briefly right this is dungeon fighter yeah now the last time we played this that i recall we played this was on american classics day last year was that the agents of smirsh episode no smirsh was with angela Right. Well, we played that with uh, Matt and Brianna, didn't we? No. I, well, I'm saying we played it with with them, but we did it on a What Got Played segment. Oh, I have no idea. See? You don't have any I idea. need to, like, chart this all out or something. <laughs> it was sometime way back then. If anybody's charted this all out because you're just, like, really, really bored and, and <laughs> wanted is... to, you can send me your notes. <laughs> <laughs> just don't send the bill. <laughs> Gosh, no. No. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we played it, like, way back then, and we talked about it a little bit. And some people may not have listened to that episode. I don't know. But uh, we're not going to go into it in too depth, you know, because we've talked about it before. Well, give too a much little brief synopsis in case this is their first episode. <laughs> right. So, in this, you have, like, uh, you have these little dungeon tiles that have little dungeon rooms, and each one... One of them has different, uh, you know... A dungeon card that you flip. Well, different things that happen in in there. You're going to encounter a monster, for one, which is a card you're going to flip. But sometimes they also have, like, some sort of qualities that are, like, uh, maybe you get extra treasure at the end of the fight. Or maybe you have to do some sort of special attack roll. And the reason you do special attack rolls in this game is because I usually describe this game to people playing it as the game with stunt rolling. Right. (laughs) Because... All you're doing is rolling these dice in different various ways. The basic way, the game is basically you have these little dungeon tiles, and they're little, 
because they go on the side of this big target that you set up in the middle of the table. And the target has a few holes in it, too, because you have to land your die on the target. That's the whole point of it. And when you when you do a die roll, you actually roll it out of your hand, hand bounce it onto the table, then onto the actual target board, and that's how you roll the die. And depending on where on the target you hit, that's how much damage you do to right. the monsters. Now, if you've rolled the die... Potentially, anyway. If you rolled the die and it bounced... It didn't bounce on the table, it just hit the target board, you missed. Mm-hmm. If you roll the die and it bounces on the table and past the target board, you've missed. Mm-hmm. If it lands in one of the holes in the target board, you missed. Right. Now, on the dies themselves, there's three different colored dies or four different colored dies. There's a red, green, blue, plus a white die. Plus several white dies. Right. The red, green, and blue actually pertain to certain abilities on each of the characters because everybody plays a unique character. And each character will have some effect like, oh, I do plus two damage when I, when I roll this, this die I roll and the get blue my die. effect. Right. Now, the, each die also has a special like hit symbol on them. And I can't remember what the ratio of sides is. <clears throat> there is like some like it's like maybe it's half hit hit your special effect and the other half don't but either way you're it you're, can't be that good at odds because we never seem to hit okay well it's maybe it's not that good at <laughs> <I don't odds. laughs> but you roll these dice and if they if they land on the target board they bounce off the table and land on the target board and have this special symbol face up you'll get a special effect based on your character and based on what color of die you've rolled to achieve that special effect right uh everybody has the same amount of hit points i think that's like isn't it like nine? One, two, three, four, five, about ten, I think. Is it? Maybe. I thought it was nine. Don't quote me. <laughs> I think it's nine. Okay, and, we're going to uh, go with nine. So you, <laughs> so you basically you roll a die off out of your hand onto the table onto the target board, and the target board and has a tar- like a, it's like a dart board. It's set up like that with these with these shrinking circles the in the middle of it. The higher in the middle. Mm-hmm. And the, if you hit the very middle, you do like ten points of damage. If you hit the very outside ring, you do one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the fun part of this game? The fun part of the game is that everything about the game alters how you throw that die. It's already kind of intimidating for a person when you hand them a die and say, bounce this off the table and onto the target board and try to hit a high number. That's already intimidating. And then you turn it, you take it a step beyond that and you say, okay, now I want you to use this device, which makes it so that you have like a holy book. And now when you roll the die with this holy book in your hand, you put your hands together in front of you like you're in a praying sort of position. And you put the die in between those hands and you sort of expel the die from your prayered hands mm-hmm. and onto the table and then onto the onto the dartboard. You know? Or you have to balance a die on your elbow right. and then drop your elbow to make it bounce off the table onto the target. Right. Now we played this. We've played this before. So you go through this and you beat these monsters and every monster pops up and sometimes they tell you to do additional things as well. Like there's a frogman one where everything has to be done by leaping into the air and turning 180 degrees, then throwing the die, bouncing off the table. Did yeah. you have to turn? Yes. No, that's a different one. I thought it was a different one where you have to, <clears throat> I don't know, there's there's a whole lot of different combinations. Right. they've got a, a massive variety of ways you can throw this die. And they've got expansions. Right. Now, this this makes this game really fun, though, because now it's it turns it into sort of a party game. Right. Instead of in, because there's no way you're going to be able to skillfully prepare for everything that they could throw at you. Die throwing wise. Right. You know, even the basic die roll, it's still really hard to it's hit more than the second ring in or, you know, on the board. Right. So, so it's <laughs> kind of become a party game go to right. for us. Right. So we, it's we, real lightweight overall. Yeah. But people kind of 
have fun with it. Right. It, it's, it seems really intimidating until all you do is hand someone a die and say, here, roll this and bounce it off the table and onto this board. And they're like, okay. And then they panic and it screws up, but it's... <laughs> It's super fun still, right? It is super fun. Now, we played it with two expansions. We have two of four elemental-based expansions they have. They have an earth, air, fire, and water expansions for this, right? Yeah, and we just have the water and fire. <laughs> right. So in this one, for instance, uh, this adds a lot more elements. There's It adds, like for instance, a fire ring that you have to throw the die through this ring of fire, bounce it off the table, and onto the actual place it had like a uh, fireball template you put on the dartboard and you have to bounce it off the table and land it on the fireball template on the dartboard that's considerably smaller than the dartboard you know well and daniel had one of the he had the waterfall right so it's like just a piece of cardboard that looks like water (laughs) and you had to put the die on the cardboard and then tilt the cardboard so the die slides off of it bounces off the table and onto the target right so that was fun. Right. And the worst one, the worst one we played with on this on this game in particular was the firewall, the wall of fire. Oh, gosh. Where you had to bounce the die on the table over the wall of fire and then onto the dart, the, the dart board on the mm-hmm. table, the target board. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, so we played this with uh, Daniel and is it Jamie? Jamie. Jamie. You forgot your name already. <laughs> I know, I know. It doesn't matter. I just Friends worked. With, I'm getting old, and his memory. Skills. I'm going to tell you. I've worked. I just worked with a girl that I've worked with like a ten times today, and I heard her name three times yesterday, and I still had to like check with someone. Like, that's Molly, right? Was it Molly? <laughs> yes. Okay. Like the fish. Molly is a fish. <laughs> Molly's. Oh, I was thinking Ringwald. No. Was she redheaded? No. Molly's oh. are little black fish. Oh. They're the cheapest. Are fish they the you ones that you like feed to the other fish? <clears throat> well, I mean, if you're like that kind of person. Well, there's fish that eat other fish. <laughs> they could be a feeder of, fish sure. instead of the like fish food. Yeah, you could use them as a feeder fish. It'd be well, weird. What would you normally get as I a mean, feeder fish? I think they have like just little minnows. What's well, this? Oh, well, I didn't know if that was. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I've never had a feeder fish. I never went went that route. All I know is I always see those betas, which are really pretty, and they've always got them in like a little cup of water. Right, because they get I'm, along with nobody. Yeah. Well, that seems like a terrible life. Look, though. enough about fish, lady. We're talking Sorry. about dungeon fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so we did use the water and fire expansions. I found these pretty fun. Now, we didn't use them to the fullest extent because there was a spell part of these that we didn't really use that, that you can... You can get spell points and use spell points to cast spells and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think that's if you're playing the game like as a really serious main feature right. game or something. We just played it as a party game. Right. We didn't want we to just get rid make of it. it fun. So anyways, um, yeah, more stunts, more ways to chuck the dice in this whenever you add these expansions. And I'm, I'm sure if I got the air and, and earth ones, which I probably will because probably. they add more monsters and they add just more variety more to goofy an already ways to throw the dice. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Dungeon Fighter, we talked about it last July. I know that. And it was lots of fun. <laughs> and we still like it. <laughs> yep. Super fun. Still playing it. Uh, so, the next thing we played is Nicole and I, just because we decided to play Eldritch Horror. Didn't we? We did. Did we do that on the vacation? Yes. Here's what's cool about playing Eldritch Horror. Is like our fifth episode, I think? I think our fifth episode was the Eldritch Horror episode. And we did that as a feature. Right. Okay. And we haven't really talked about it much since. No, because we haven't played it since. <clears throat> right. Now, we played this time with the Ma- the Mountains of Madness expansion. expansion. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> so this adds a new board. 
mm-hmm. called the Antarctica board. Mm-hmm. And this adds uh, new cards to all the decks. It adds two new, like, big villains. It adds the Rise of the Elder Things, and it adds, or Return of the Elder Things, or something like that. And I think it was Rise. <coughs> and it also... Uh, Spring, man. <coughs> I had, like, dry tickle all yeah? day. Yeah? Ooh. I heard there's lots of dry tickle pollen in the air. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> what is that? It drives me crazy. Oh, that's a terrible song. <laughs> that's what I got. That's all I got of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this Anyhow, one, uh, it Eldridge. adds that and it adds, uh, what was his name? Ithaca? I don't know. It was Ithaca. I can't pronounce any of Which those. is like the abominable snowman done with Cthulhu. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and it also adds these things that are like uh, these pre-cards that sort of set up the story up until then. And we did one of those. I can't remember. What did we do? God, I'm awful. You're awful at this. You're awful. Tell me what we did. I was trying to think of that See? joke that I heard. <laughs> That's called diversion. That's what hey, that did is. Hey, the, did the abominable, abominable snowman call? <laughs> Not Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <Blah>. <laughs> All right. So Back it also the adds these little like pre-setup cards and stuff that can determine what kind of decks you're going to use. It adds a bunch of little decks, too, to explore Antarctica and stuff. Its own little exploration decks and little uh, item decks. You get like snow dogs and stuff like that that you mm-hmm. wouldn't get in the normal game. <clears throat> and we played the Return of the Elder Things. Right. We did that. And this is supposed to be the harder of the two because they said Ithaca was compared to uh, Yig, who was the expansion character we played in the f- actual episode, I believe, that we lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. So did you think we were going to win this one? <laughs> no, I actually I actually picked it because I didn't want to win it. I wanted it to be challenging. It was. It, 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 it's true. When you, whenever you start one of these games, and especially Eldritch Horror, which is a very epic length adventure I, I, I struggle to say horror game, but let's just call it adventure horror. Why not? Because I don't I don't feel any more horrified than I do if I play Fortune and Glory. Well, that's because the pictures don't really scare me that badly, but I'm kind of desensitized because I watched a lot of horror movies growing up. I'll tell you this. They wrote a lot of good, like, italicized text on all the cards. Yeah, and that stuff's fun. What is that? That's my phone going off. Who's calling you? I don't care. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We played Return of the Elder Things, and this was as hard as it could be out of the gates of this one, because uh, the other uh, the other one, like I said, my ringer seems really long whenever I'm trying to record a podcast. I know, it's not that long when you're when trying I'm, to actually answer the phone. I'm running through the house, it's like, why did that ring a half a time? I know. But this was actually pretty hard, and I don't know, I mean, I think that it was... I thought it, I didn't think it ruined the game to add this extra board in there, did you? No. No, I thought it was a lot of fun. Right. But I kind of I got more experience with that extra board than you did because I went ahead and went over to Antarctica. Right. And pretty much got stuck there. Right. So you like, I we could never still leave. had to really handle that base place. Yeah. Well, you were stuck on the main board because right. we kept having portals open. Uh-huh. Uh the other world portals open. So you yeah. were trying to defeat those, but mm-hmm. then I kept having monsters appear mm-hmm. over on my end of the board, and I couldn't seem to defeat them. Right. Plus, all the missions were very Antarctic cen- Antarctica-centric. That was the Not good English. Is, uh, <laughs> anyhow. <clears throat> right. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it was extremely right. challenging. Right, we sort of split up because in, in the way to access you the Ant- to. Antarctica board is you have to go to Ant- the Antarctica space, which is in the base game, and you have to then travel from there to the first space on the Antarctica board. Right. Which is off the main map. Right, and then there's like five different spots on that board right. that you can access. And, like, they're all fairly connected, except for there's a mount something and another spot that are not connected unless you get special cards. Right. And then you can instantly go over to the other one, mm-hmm. which I never got to do that because I kept getting Too bad. beat down by monsters. Too bad, lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I we basically, when we played this game this time, we split up and I handled the main map and I was running all over the place trying to close gates and you were in Antarctica and just getting your butt whooped the right. whole time. That's how it felt. That's how it was. <clears throat> and uh, we play this thing, and just just to make a long story short, we did lose. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. it's a bad joke, too. We did lose. We totally lost. <laughs> so, yes, we lost, and uh, it was basically you weren't doing anything on the Antarctica board, and I, I was trying to keep up on the main board and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I ended up dying. Oh, because yeah. of a card you pulled that was just basically like you killed the I other player. Kept, here's the thing: <laughs> when you this game, when you play it, you're you're rolling dice, and you have to get a five or a six to make anything happen right. to have mm-hmm. a success. Well, I kept getting these cards where I would screw up, not roll right, and end up with a dark omen card. Right. Well, the dark omen card is no big deal until <laughs> it is. Right. So every turn. You have to roll against the Dark Omen. And if you roll a one, then you flip the card over and you have to suffer whatever horrible consequences are on the back side. I had four of these things at one point. And finally, I rolled a one on the wrong one. If it had been on any of the other three cards, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But this fourth card, that was the one that killed you just instantly. It was an insta-kill Right, because, yeah, you, you get all these kind of things. Like, I had bank debts. Well, I didn't pay my bills. I had a deal with the devil gone bad. (laughs) You had five deals with the devil. Was it five of them? No, I had four and you had one. Okay. There were five of them on the table at the same time. But overall, you just weren't paying your bills. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny because they just wouldn't go off because you have to roll a one. And you just keep going and you go through all of them. You roll at the end of each turn. You roll on all these things only if this certain effect happens. And this is a very complex game. We get into this in episode five. You guys can go back and listen to that if you want more details. And I recommend to get the more details. Because this is, this is a fairly complex adventure game. Uh, I mean, I it's not not saying it's difficult to learn. I don't think it's that bad. Really. I don't think it's very difficult to learn. <laughs> Especially after a, at the refresh of playing it again. Right. It took like what? We didn't even really have to look at most of the rules. I had to read all the new rules from the expansion. Well, you had to read the expansion nothing. rules, but that was just to make sure there weren't any changes. Right. And there really weren't enough changes to to make it difficult. You were able to explain it to me in like two minutes. Right. This now, is new. This is new. Done. We played this game. And the two play, two of us. Now, when we played it originally with four players on the podcast, <coughs> that wasn't our, our first game. But we played it our first time. And it was somewhere around three and a half hours. And I finally just stopped and just said, look, we're done. And Chris was After like, kind, midnight, of, we're gonna kind of saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We can retro play that last turn. And I can use this card instead of that. And I, we could be alive right now. And I was just like looking at the clock. It's like 1230. I got to work in the morning. And I'm like, nope. Nope. We lost. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, it only took us like, what, not even two hours. Two of us only took two hours. And we played this game to the nth. Yeah. Because we actually had the elder, we, we had the elder things come back. And it was like they, you know, I don't want to ruin the story, but there was like, you know, there was a big finale kind of situation that emerged and we had to deal with it. And we had a certain number of like uh, uh, what it was at the, the omen or the doom 
spots or whatever that mm-hmm. would they could pass. And it was like five. And yeah, of course, our we turns were, so, were timed at that point. We were so sunk that we had five of them go off in like one turn. And yeah. we, we basically reached the end of the of the turn after the thing emerged and it was done. Yeah. You know, whatever it was. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> so I still say, honestly, I, I mean, I just got to put this out there because we we played this. We played it multiple times. Mm-hmm. This is hands down I'm 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 just going to say it. I think it's the best adventure game we have. I think so too. I love this game. It is so good. We just played it, and I would totally play it again tonight. Yes, seriously, it's that good. The only complaint I would probably have about it is there's so many components. Right. That setup is a chore. Right. Setup and takedown is kind of a chore, but it's such a good payoff that right. it's. I don't really even mind it, especially since you do most of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Ridiculous. even if even if I had to set it up and tear it down, I would I would still it would be worth it. It's such a fun game. Right. Now, this was reviewed by us a year ago and when we do this, I, I like I like to kind of revise our ratings like we did with Robinson. Mm-hmm. So, let's go ahead and do this one. Um what would you give this right now as a fun factor review? 5. I love it. I would give it a 5 as well. I totally totally <laughs> This game is great. It's wonderful. <laughs> I wish I wish there was a game similar, like just like it, only with like a much happier, brighter, cheerful, you know, kittens and bunnies and candy canes theme, just so that, you know, maybe people who didn't care for the horror theme would have such a great game to play. Right. So that's 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 your game chore designers. Eldritch Princess Land. Exactly. Design that for me. And. (laughs) It'll, I'd buy, I'll buy it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy Eldritch Princess Land. Wouldn't you? I think it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's the two games we got played this time. Uh, that's Eldritch Horror and Dungeon Fighter. We recommend both of them as we did before. So <clears throat> here's something else we did, though. We started a new 5 for 5 last time. Right. And Which you we know, announced the five games, right? right? Well, this time, because I had time off, guess what happened? We finished more than one. That's right. Let's see what happened with five for five. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. This is a five for five update. All right. Let's just start off with Dice City. Okay. This is a game that when I bought it and brought it in the house, you looked at me and you said, really? Dice City? You hate Machi Koro. Why would you buy Dice City? That's what you said to me. It looked very Machi Koro-esque. I'm just saying. I'm going to say before we say anything else. Oops, I was mistaken. <laughs> now, this game, I, I think it's, it's, it is, it's a light game, like Machi Koro. But with <clears> a lot more possible depth to it. Okay. So, All right, that's fine. Give an overview. So Machi Koro has a no, each person. Dice City. I'm sorry. Talk about Dice City. Dice City has a, each player has their own little board. There's no main board that you're going to play off of. Each person has their own little board that they're going to use. And this board is a grid. Down one column is a bunch of colors that are match the colors of the five different dice you're going to roll. And across the top is six uh, columns that are, that are all numbers, one through six. Based on the numbers of the dice. Based on the numbers of these six-sided dice, you're going to roll of five different colors. 
and you pick all your dice up and you roll them and you match them up in the color and, and number and whatever card you land on, if you were on your turn decide to pick up that die and put that die off to the side, you would get the effect of whatever space it's landed on. And on the board, like I said, it's this giant grid of cards. Now, these cards that you start with produce uh, different resources like lumber, stone, and iron, or it might produce military strength, or it can produce victory points, which is what you're playing towards to end the game. Or it could be a re-roll. Or it could be a re-roll on on your turn as well. And I think that, that covers all the basic spaces right there. I believe so. Now, in addition to this, you get to buy cards with these with uh, the resources. resources that you generate. Now, these cards, you you have a few of them available right off the start. You have a lumber mill, which produces two wood instead of one wood. You have a quarry that produces two stone instead of one stone. And then you have a mine that produces two iron instead of one iron. You have a barracks thing or something like that. Or no, it's a new, some sort of army card. Regular army. Regular army that now produces two army strength rather than one army strength. And then you also have... That's all of the, the cards that you can buy for those. <coughs> but then there's bandits. No, there was like one more on that, on that list, no. I thought. Well, there, Oh, there was the iron mine. Did you see the mine? I think so. There was wood, stone, iron, and then the army. Okay. That was it. All right. So okay. Then you have bandits. Right. I forgot. I forgot. It's it's the reason I forgot is because the iron mine is paid for the same way with two iron as the army card is paid for with, with two, two iron. iron. Right. That's why I forgot about that. You're weird. <clears throat> well, that's the formula that they, they have all these all these cards have a little recipe of resources that you have to come up with to make them. And in this case, uh, so then you also have a deck of cards that, that you shuffle that has all different buildings as well that produce you know, sometimes they produce goods. Most of the time, I don't think they produced goods, though. Most of the time, they were, like, more army. Some of them were, weren't they? Uh, they were, like, victory points. They were... There was, uh, like, storehouses. Yeah, there was yeah. ways to multiply your, your goods that were already produced in other spots. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> there's, like, a bunch of cards that do that kind of stuff. Now, those cards, uh, in addition to the new army card, produce victory points at the end of the game. Your other three ones that just produce double of one of your base resources don't produce victory points on your board. Now, when you buy a card, you lay it over the top of one of your spaces on your board. You just pick where you want to put it. And when you roll that die, if it comes up on that space, you can use that effect. Now, something else you can do when you're rolling your dice. This is kind of neat. This is where strategy kind of comes in. Because you can actually pick up your die from one row where it rolled, say, something you don't care about. And you can move a die on a different row, one space left or right, mm-hmm. and onto a different space and make that basically a different effect. So you're going to get one less <laughs> resource or power, but you get to right. pick the one that you actually wanted instead on a different row. Right. So in, in essence, if you really needed a space on your board, you could almost guarantee you could get it on any given turn because you would pick up four dice to move four spots to the left or right and be able to access nearly every space on that row. But that's all you're going to get. Right. <clears throat> so that's where like some of the strategy comes in. Obviously you're purchasing cards of different types that do all sorts of different stuff. Sometimes you purchase something that all it does is give you a little bit of victory points now and a bunch at the end of the game. And that space becomes a dead space that does nothing for you during the game, mm-hmm. but it gives you lots of points at the end of the game. Some other ways you buy victory points is there's two other ways. You can defeat bandits. Which I was talking about earlier. Which come in three different varieties. They have different defenses. And you defeat whatever you can afford with military strength. Now, military strength can also be used in more than one way. 
You can use it to buy buy these bandit cards, basically by defeating them with your military strength. Or you can use it to uh, deactivate other players' cards by beating... If it has a defensive value, you can deactivate it as long as you equal the defensive value with your military strength. And you spend military strength, which is what's kind of funny, like like temporary coins or temporary money in this game, as opposed to resources, which kind of can go from turn to turn a little bit. <clears throat> and military resets every turn. So You lost me right there. <clears throat> that's okay. So you generate military strength with your dice, and you'll say, I have four military strength, and I spend three to shut down your sawmill. Let's just say that's a card. Mm-hmm. And now you, uh, you can't use it next turn until you spend a die to reactivate that space. Right. And I also get the victory points off of the space that I deactivated. So bandits come in the form of three, four, five victory points, mm-hmm. and you have to have like a whatever You have to have three, four, or five strength, I right. believe it was, I corresponding. It was. Right. If you defeat another player's space, you have to have whatever the defensive value is that's on there, and then you earn the victory points that they earn at the end of the game for that card right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the other way you can do things is by spending resources to trade goods on trade boats, and they are worth five, ten, and twenty points. And we played this game five times. I'm just going to put out there, we never saw a 20-point ship because they come like this. You have to have a stone, wood, and iron to do the basis, or times two. So you have to have two of each of those to send the five-point victory ship out, Mm -hmm. three of each to send the 10-point out, and four of each to send the 20-point out. Here's why that's hard. At the end of every turn, you have to discard down to one of each resource. That's the only way to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, the way you can kind of gain more is, of course, through card manipulation and also by spending these pass tokens, which you can generate by picking up a die and saying, I do nothing with this other than gain a pass token, which you can do once per turn. And you can trade pass tokens in two, two pass tokens in for a missing uh, resource. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the only way for you to get to that. Now, we got we got 10 point ships. We got five point ships. We never got the 20. No. But the game ends at two different times. It ends when two of the trade uh, trade ships are gone, two of the different stacks of trade ships, or mm-hmm. all of the bandits are gone. Or if one of the players has five uh, resources, resource cards purchased in two of their rows. Right. So the <clears throat> So we played this five times. Mm-hmm. And this game, I mean, you roll dice and the other player's taking their turn and you're trying to decide what you want to do with your board. And you can really work it out. So this game, we played it with four players and we played it with the two of us. Four of the times. Four times. Right. <clears throat> now, during, I'm going to put it out there right off the bat. During the four-player game, this game was slow. Yes. This and it game, was the first time we'd ever played it. Nobody right. knew how to play it. Right. This game plays really slow in the four-player thing because... It only takes you about one player turn to work out what you need to do with your dice board. Mm -hmm. And you're just, after that, you're waiting for something else to happen and it just gets boring. Right. Well, and also because you can, like you you said, you can use your uh, military to attack other players' boards. Right. Well, the print on the cards is so small. I couldn't see the other players' boards and they couldn't see our boards. Um, so none of that action really happened. Right. Now, when we played it the rest of the time, you and I played like shoulder to shoulder yeah, sitting at a table. Yeah, we played sitting right next to each other. <clears throat> now, I'm sure that if you had played it a few times, you would know what certain cards do because it's not there's not that many cards in this right. box. And, <clears throat> and you even commented right after the first game that it felt like it needed expansions right after the first game, 
like that we saw the same building come up too many times. Right. <clears throat> and I, I mildly agree with that. I mean, it's it's not I didn't think it was dramatically bad. We played it four more no. times and, I, and it seemed to get stronger as I played it. And I never really felt like if I don't get new new buildings, I'm not going to play this game ever again. No, I didn't necessarily feel <clears> like that, but I would I would definitely purchase an expansion. Right. For it. They do have one. They have a they have a, one that adds gold as a resource. Yeah. And some more more buildings to go with it. <coughs> but, it's pollen in the air, man. It's killing me. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> We're a mess. We apologize. But truly, the game com- the game does feature quite a bit of strategy and how you manipulate your board and where you put new cards and you know how you move your dice and how you replace existing cards, how many points you have on the board, and how you manipulate the you know the points of the mm-hmm. other player and. You know, it's a lot deeper than I thought it would be, and especially for such an easy game to learn. Right. The the people that we played with, we played with uh, Skylar and Cat, and mm-hmm. um, they're not real experienced game players. They've mm-hmm. they've played you know Uno and what right. what was that game they were talking about Whip or Wit? Right. I think it was no Wit. I, we hadn't played it before, but it was a little card game, you know. But <laughs> right. and they played uh, Sellers of, Sellers of Catan before. Right. Um, and they played Ticket to Ride before. Yeah, they've played all the all the target. The target hobby games. Right, right. But they they picked this right up. Didn't right. have any trouble with it. So. Right. I mean, I, I, I thought it was okay. We played for about two hours the first game. And I think it's like, <clears throat> I would just say that this game's probably a 30 minutes per player game. Yeah. That's pretty much how you have to measure it. So when, when you look at the game box and it says 30 to 60 minutes, most of the time when they say that, you have to say that's the least number of players mm-hmm. under the optimal conditions with experience mm-hmm. would be 30 minutes. And the game does have a solo player mode, doesn't it? I think it does. It's some sort of point gathering thing. It's it's the yeah. same old, you know, point game where you say, okay, I get the more, more points. I must have done great. Yeah. You know, but what's the point? <clears throat> I don't know. We'll get to that. Oh! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyway. All right. So, uh, so I would say that it's a decent strategy game for a dice game. I think it does a really good job of making dice strategic. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to do. Um, I think it gives you plenty of choices per turn. Mm -hmm. There's not really an obvious, this is what you should do. I mean, there are some certain instances, and if you really scrutinized it, you might narrow it down to, this is the optimal choice. But there's always an option to have something that might pay off more later on. Right. So there's a little bit of risk-reward in there as well. Um, It doesn't feel like my dice versus your die. And that's really important in a dice game. Yeah, this is like the least luck-based feeling game I've ever played that involves dice. Right, because you don't, you don't, it's never me rolling a die and you rolling a die and me saying, oh, I got a five, you got a four, I win. Mm -hmm. That's the worst kind of dice game. Right, for you, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't do that at all. It doesn't. It's just, it's literally just placement on the board to tell you what you're going to get. But if you don't like it, you can always spend them to change it. That's amazing. Now, on the negative side, I would say... This game feels a bit beyond military. It feels like I'm playing a game by myself. I agree with that because the planning is is very on my board and I don't really look at your board very Mm much. Um, I I think the military, that didn't really come in until like our last couple games that we really started doing that more. And I did it more than you did. Right. Um, Because I don't think we wanted to be so cutthroat about it. Right. And that really gives it that, that mean me against you aspect. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, it does kind of feel like you're playing your own game and just right. trying to get points at the end. Now, uh, I will say it, I mean, I didn't really feel like it felt more like it needed more cards right away. You did, mm-hmm. but bit. 
I, I think I think it could it would definitely benefit more. More would be better with this game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like the variety. <laughs> and like I said, over it overstays its welcome with a full group. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that four is the right number for it. Right. I think that two is the sweet spot number for it. Now, did but I? But I would play it with four people. Like, if they wanted to play it again, yeah. And now that they know how, I would definitely be willing to play it again with them. Now, didn't I took it? How many? How many games did I win of this? Do we have to talk about that? Yes, that's part of five for five. Well, we didn't talk about it with. Never mind. This is the first one we talked about. Lady. Eldritch. Darn it! <laughs> I don't remember. How many did I win? Like. Four of them. Did I win four out of five? Yeah. No, I thought you got two. No, I think I only got one. I got the because you won with all four of us, which we knew you would because it was the first game playing. You won the <laughs> second game and you said, "Uh oh, uh oh, time for cutthroat." Whatever you said. Oh yeah, I said. I said it's sudden death. Sudden death. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Um. So then I won the third game oh. and I felt pretty good about myself. Yes. I thought you were making a comeback from there, for sure. No, I think you made a comeback on the fourth game, and I was like, eh, whatever, okay, let's just play the fifth game, get it over with. I I think so, yeah. I still enjoyed it, though. Right, so I won four to one, and I say that even winning, I didn't feel like I ever really ripped you off at all. No. I think it was was fun, and most of the scores were very close when we added up all our points, because you add up all your cards from your little tableau of cards. All of them have, like, a victory point. You add all those up, and then you add up victory point chips, over to the side, and then you add up your cards that are trade ships and, and bandits, and when you get your big total, I also like, you win. You keep all of your victory points secret, other than the, the cards that you've purchased that you've placed on your board. Right. If you like, if you defeat bandits, you take that card and you put it face down. Right. If you get uh, extra victory points throughout the game, you get these little star uh, victory tokens, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, they'll have a two or a three or a one or whatever, and you, you can take however many points you got and put that star face down if they're not double-sided, which is great. Right. I mean, it's just a star on one side and mm-hmm. a number on the other. So at the end, it's it's not like you're getting, you know, 90% of the way through the game and going, well, I know you won. What's the point of even finishing? <laughs> you actually have no idea who's ahead. Right. Which I think is a, a great experience for me right i don't want you bailing on me (laughs) how dare you all right so what do you rate this out of five let's just go to it what do you got honestly i really enjoyed it whoa it's as a two-player game yeah i would give it a five whoa i really enjoyed it i know i i had i'm thinking about it right now and going i would totally five out of five <laughs> right now i would totally play that game with you tonight right after um, we no, play we not, eldritch no we're not playing this no way <laughs> but four player that brings it down because oh man it just drags so okay much. well so what I, was it as a four as a four i would give it a f- god <laughs> man I want to do a three and a half, but I'm, I'm, you won't let me do that. Right. So do I go down? I hate to go down because it was our first game and maybe that was the problem. So I know Skylar, <laughs> when I talked to him again, really wanted to play it again. So I'm going to go. There's no way I'm playing with him again. Ever. Oh, whatever. Don't be mean. Okay. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four overall. <clears throat> four right. overall. Four overall. There you go. That's my explosion. Take it back out again. I know. <clears throat> All right, so I would say, as I, I mean, if you want me to do the same thing, I'm going to give it a three. It's, it's a nice, solid three overall. I, if if it's a four player game, it's a two. It's a game that I'll <laughs> I'll play, and I would kind of like to just get past. Uh, even as a two player game, I still don't think it quite squeaks into four with me. But like I wow. said, 
I like a lot of theme. I think it's fun. I think it's totally solid. There's no reason not to play this. It's not I like if I was if someone put this up against Splendor, I would take Splendor. Really? Yes. No, I'd take this over Splendor. Whoa! I'm just kidding. I'm not going to keep doing that. Although I really like Splendor. Now, here's the thing, though. If there was an uh, an iPad version, I would pick Splendor over this. Oh, yeah. Splendor's iOS is amazing. It's really well done, yeah. But, okay, so that's Dice City. So that's one of the two five for fives we played. Now, you're getting nervous about this next one. What's wrong with you? Come on now. Why do you you not want to talk about the next one? Because you thought it was awesome? <clears throat> so the next game we played <laughs> the next game we played is probably the most critically acclaimed game of the last probably six months mm-hmm. if not eight months mm-hmm. I'd probably say six months and that's time stories mm-hmm. okay so this is a, this is going to be kind of a weird review because we can't give too much away because there right. is there is definitely a story so we're not going to talk at all about the story itself at all, but we are going to be... We're going to minimally, (coughs) very, very little talk about the gameplay itself. Well, we're going to talk explicitly about how the game plays. No. Yes. What? We're going to talk about the mechanics of the game. Well, don't, no, don't ruin anything. Okay, because it's, it's, people need to know what this is, because I've heard it described all these different ways... And it's, oh, it's so story-driven, and oh, it's it's like playing a role-playing game, you know? And I've heard the words choose-your-own-adventure thrown out. I've had all these things thrown out, and I think that choose-your-own-adventure is pretty close to what this is. I will agree with that. Okay, so you're going to, I mean, I'm just going to tell you this game does come with a deck of cards, and each deck of cards is an adventure. Right. This comes. This game comes with one, and once you play through it, you're done with it. Right. And and there will be no point in going back. Unless okay? you put it in the closet, forget about it for a couple years, come right. back and go, wait a minute. Right. And this, th- I think this game carries a $60 price tag in the stores. But this is the base for all the expansions. Right. You can't play the expansions without this, and every expansion is a new story. Right. So... And I'm sure there's some innovations that, that come expensive. up in these next decks and stuff like that that weren't in the first decks. And there's prob- they're probably going to be... As creative as they can with them as they go along, okay? <clears throat> so we're not going to talk about the deck. There is a deck, and you do play it and all that, but here's some other mechanics of the game. Now, the game's, the game's set up, and this is, this is, I mean, if you read the back of the box, this is, this is what it says, is that you are a time traveler, yes. and you're trying to fix these anomalies in time, these, these fluxes or whatever they, they are, and you're trying to fix that. Right. There's some problem in time, and you have to go back in time, and fix whatever issue it is, right? Right. <clears throat> now that's done by I mean you so so imagine like, you know, Time Cop or something like that. Some time travel movie, you know. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I always say time poop whenever I say it. I know, and I never understand that joke. I don't know why, but to, but seriously, it's just, just take it's everything that every title Sean you've Co- ever had with Sean cop Claude in it. Van Damme? No, just take no. any title you have with cop in it and change it to poop and you'll just kind of smile. Like Beverly Hills poop. <laughs> you're weird. What? Have you ever been told that you're weird? What about Jackie Chan and Super Poop? <laughs> Fred is sitting here cracking himself up currently. <laughs> oh my no? goodness! What about what about that Kevin Smith movie Poop Out? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we stop now? No. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So time stories. Right. 
<laughs> so the setup is that. You are a time traveler, okay? <laughs> now, here's the core mechanic of the game. You're going to be going in and flipping cards and checking locations in an area. You're going to have a map that's based on this area. And these cards, there's going to be a stack of cards that represent these, these areas that you can investigate. That's basically what's going on. And you have a limited amount of time because you have these time units that they give you, which is a set amount of time units unless you get something or some sort of effect that increases the time units that you have available. And so basically this becomes a puzzle of solving as many of these cards in the right order, in the right sequence, and getting the right die rolls in order to get to the end of the game and solve these certain little puzzles. Now let me stop you right there. Right. There's dice. Right. That's our problem. Is that what it is? I think that's what our problem is. <clears throat> well, like, so you've got these time units, and this is this is one of the this is one of the cruddy things of the game. Okay, so you you let's just say you start, and and I'll just make up. You're, you start in a grocery store, okay? And now next to the grocery store is a shoe store, and there's been a robbery, and the robber has run away, and he's hidden somewhere. This is not anything to do with time stories stories, okay? So now you want to go from the grocery store to the shoe store to check with them, right? Because they, the, obviously the, the crook is not, after investigating the grocery store, the crook is not in there. And you've got a couple of little pieces of information about it. And you got like a shoe print from when he stepped on a banana. <laughs> did he slip? <laughs> no, he didn't. Somehow. You, if he did, then you might want to check the floor and see if so, there's right. fingerprints. So, so now you're, you're probably looking for a himself. guy with no slip shoes and a, <laughs> a traditional hiking boot print. And now you want to go over to the shoe store. So now you roll this die, and it tells you how many time units you use to move to the shoe store. It's from one to three. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going down. And you, in, when you run out of time units, you're automatically transferred back to the uh, to the times, you know. To the grocery store? To the gro- Well, you'll transfer back to the, the portal or whatever where, the, where time travel's possible. And they tell you, hey, you did a bad job. Let's go back to the grocery store and try again. And then you go into the grocery store. And now that you know that there's a boot print and non-slip shoes, you don't do that. So now you just go straight to the shoe store without wasting any investigation points because you also wasted a time unit to investigate the shoe print in the first place. You mm-hmm. know, So now you skip that because you know it's a non-slip boot print. And you go straight to the shoe store where you ran out of time units and go in and check the boot section to see what kind of no-slip boot shoes they have, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> And and then and then you're like and then you find out that the only ones they have have like uh, they're puncture resistant boots that are made by for carpenters. And so then you look down the way and there's there's a lumber yard. So you're like, well, maybe I should go to the lumber yard. And you roll a die, and you have used that many time units to go down to the lumber yard, and you get to investigate the lumber yard. And this is what this is like. Except there are moments in this where let's just say you got down to the lumber yard. And you went to check the nails and this guy wouldn't get out of the way. And when you tried to reason with him, he got really mad and started throwing nails at you. And now you got to roll dice and see how many time units you waste just dealing with a guy throwing nails at you. And maybe you die. <laughs> and if you die, guess what? You go back to the grocery store and you start over again. Yeah. <clears throat> so this becomes this weird thing. And this, that, this, is, this pretty much describes this absolutely. What I've just told you is what playing time stories is like. Although not at all what playing time stories is like. Well, if they were doing my shoe paper, lumber, carpenter mystery, that's exactly what this would feel like. Right. This is not 
the story that's in the game. And it's not the story in any of the expansions. This is something I just made up right now on the fly. I know. I've never heard it before. I'm like intrigued. Now I know. I want to Stop being intrigued. About this... the carpenter. <laughs> You're not going to like what I say about this carpenter. You can tell me the story tonight, later. <laughs> no. It'll be a bedtime story. So here's what I'm going to tell you. We found that in our investigation of the uh, deck that comes with it, that after about two plays through the deck, we were getting bored. On the third playthrough, we were just kind of going, wait. No, on the second playthrough, we were still mildly intrigued right. because the, we had to go to dinner. By the end of the third playthrough, I'm telling you personally, by the end of the third playthrough, I was like, I feel like I wasted my time. Okay, yeah. By the third, yes. By the end of the fourth playthrough, I was like, this game's starting to really stink. By the end of the fifth playthrough, I was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing something. By the time you hit the gameplay number four or five, you're going to start doing something that I did with every choose-your-own-adventure story ever. Cheat. You start holding a bookmark in the pages. What was going on? Oh, we took the wrong turn. Well, I'm not going to go back and start over just to walk all the way up to this point. I'm just going to go back, put this card here, put this card here, and put my hit points back to here, and go back to here, and now we're here instead. So we don't have to go back all the way through the stupid thing again. Mm-hmm. Okay? <clears throat> and I you start know. doing that. And then when you start getting to stuff where you fight the carpenter over the nails kind of moments, and you roll badly, because you're rolling not not time units at that point, you're fighting him with just a, a D6, and you if you don't roll the right number... You don't win. And what's what's the result of not winning? Oh, you get to go back to the grocery store, then go to the shoe store, then go over to the carpentry store because the carpentry store pops up when you go to the shoe store. You don't know about it until you add that map piece. And you're just like, this is terrible at that point. You're like, this is the worst game I've ever played. This is so bad. Mm-hmm. That's how you start to feel. And you start just holding the pages. And then then at this point, you're like looking at the die roll. Like, I fight this guy. Okay, can I just win so I don't have to go through all this BS again? Because you get really tired of it. Okay, we're going to stop talking now because you're going to give like yourself an aneurysm here. I know. You're like angry. I'm just saying, as many people as have said that yeah. this game is amazing... I don't. This is my agree. least favorite game I've played in a long time. Since Ghost Stories, maybe. I. It's oh, right. Is, <clears throat> is it worse than Few Acres of Snow? Uh, man, it's right there. I sold that. I, I traded it. <laughs> is it worse than Machi Koro for you? I love Machi Koro. I, I like Machi Koro more than this game. <laughs> okay. Wow. Hands down. And you won't play that with me anymore. Now, that's, that being said, let me just say it like this, too. Okay, so if I had a brand new deck every time, every other time I sat down to play, I may have more fun. But a new deck costs 20 to $30. Yeah. For two 1.5-hour sessions of fun, followed by a bunch of I don't like this games. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, it's just... So, let's just get to it. What's your rating? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you what I like. Let's do this like we normally do. Okay. okay. Okay, so, there is a sense of discovery. Our first two games were intriguing, mm-hmm. to say the least. I mm-hmm. was having a good time, and I was learning stuff new about the story, and I was discovering new things, and nothing was repeating, and I was having a good time. Mm-hmm. 
I thought the characters were neat. Uh-huh. The, the individual characters, the, how they designed them with a give and take is amazing. Like my guy had really high stats in like investigation and speech, but he wouldn't investigate a spot by himself. You know, okay. that's really neat. That's a fun give and take, you know, <laughs> and I thought the components were pretty nice overall. Yeah, I did too. I really liked the really tall pegs. I thought that was fun. Yeah. You know, so here's what I dislike. The sense of discovery is over before the game ends, like dramatically before the game ends. Yeah. I think that the dice were absolutely annoying and didn't ever approach fun. Because you suck at dice rolling. Right. So so my my repeat repetitive over and over game, I can't just say to move from here to here takes one movement. No, on this time I stubbed my toe on a chair and it took two. You know? <laughs> you <laughs> I should mean, be more careful. It's awful. And this then I remembered the chair in the next one and it took three. You know, it's so bad. Okay. Well, you had to take time to move the chair out of the way. I'm I'm sorry. By the way, there is no chair. There's no chair. There's We're just no making spoon stuff either. Up. We're making stuff up. I the know. spoon is real. No, there's no spoon. You just have to bend it. There with is your no mind. Spoon. So, <clears throat> I will tell you that the dice in this game are absolutely annoying. Yes. It's it's a puzzle game, and they completely curveball you with random crap. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And. The playtime is way too short for the investment. If you look at this deck that came with this, let's say it's a $20 deck because it was, I think it's simple. It's about four hours to get through this deck if you really just get through it. I think it might take longer sometimes. It's They've described it as four to eight hours. Okay. Well, there you okay. go. <clears throat> about four hours for $20. I Birds of a Feather was 15 bucks, and I've played it for like 10 hours at this point. So you're looking at this with board game prices and not movie-going prices. I'm saying even with movie-going prices, it's terrible. (laughs) Okay? Now, one more thing I have to mention is that this is is regarding the game and the deck that's in it. And this isn't giving anything away, but there is a... There's sort of like... And I'm going to describe it like this. When I when I went and saw the Blair Witch, the movie, mm-hmm. there's the, one of my friends came up to me and he said, are you going to see the Blair Witch tonight? And I said, yes. And he said, OK, I'm not going to tell you what happens because there's a big reveal at the end. He said, but pay really close attention to what goes on in the first like 10 minutes because it's going to really matter later. If you don't pay attention, you're going to not like it. Mm hmm. And and I thought I was paying attention. I totally was paying attention. <clears throat> and I didn't get it. I didn't either. And so the Blair Witch, this movie that was a phenomenon at the time. People loved it. And Except for the people who got motion sickness. <laughs> right. I didn't get the big reveal ending. I sat there and was like, what? And then ever I heard I heard half the audience gasp and half of them say, What? Or at that time, to because I was already saying, what? So I just heard the T part. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I, I did not get that experience. I didn't mm-hmm. get it. And I didn't get it in this game either. Mm-hmm. I've watched spoiler-filled playthroughs of this game and seen them get their Blair Witch moment. And that's what sells this game to them. Mm-hmm. And it's blinding them to how awful this game is 
beyond that moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's more of those moments. There's there's this uh, this sort of like an aha puzzle moment. But this this one in particular breaks the rules of the game. It makes you go against it. Nicole's telling me to stop. That's too much. Maybe. But that's I'm just saying if you don't get this moment, it's done. You will not enjoy it. And this game is going to continue deck after deck, expansion after expansion of the same roll the die and get ripped off. Well, <laughs> feeling. not us. <clears throat> we sold it. Right. <laughs> Already. Just so you get a sense of where this rating's going. I sold this game immediately because I was like, there's too much hype. There's still plenty of people out there who don't know what's going on. I'm getting rid plenty of this of right now. Plenty of people might like it, but... I'm right. This, I mean, and, and some people listening to us might be like, these guys, guys are, are crazy. crazy. <laughs> I had so much fun, and that, that Blair Witch thing is not true, and I don't care. I, it, I couldn't get it out of my house fast enough. I was, was going to isolate it away from the rest of my board game collection so that none of that filth rubbed off on the other games. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's gone now. Is it contaminated? <laughs> it's contaminated. No. Sorry. <laughs> so what do you rate this game, Nicole? I didn't like it. What do you rate it? Out of five. I give it a... Yeah, oh, man. It's really pretty. I want to give it a two because it's pretty. But please don't make me play anything like it again. Because, no. So I have to give it a one. I, is, I hated it. Yeah, this is a I one. I hated it. It is a one. It is so and solid I felt one. So bad because I'm sitting here hating on this <clears throat> game and going, I think he's having fun with it. Maybe he's having fun with it. He keeps going on with it. Maybe he's having fun with it. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here getting more and more angry at it and going and cheating more and more and just <laughs> completely throwing the game out the window. At some point, we're just going through the cards going, How did we miss this? What is going on? Mm-hmm. Okay? That's how bad it got for us. Yeah. This game is not for us, even even though I'm a theme guy. Okay, I know. We're done. That's it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. She doesn't want to talk about it anymore. It's just bumming her out. It's bumming me out. All right. We're <laughs> done with that. <laughs> hey, guess what? We're going to talk about a game that we do like, or at least I like, because what? we've uh, we're done with five for five. We got, what, three more games to go? Yeah, I don't remember what they are. Oh, I do. Oh, good. It's, uh, it's Valley of the Kings. Oh, yeah. That game's more fun than Time Stories. Uh, <laughs> Citadels, I have high hopes that's going to be better than Time Stories. And uh, and then we held hands. I actually like that more than Time Stories. Even so, though you didn't <laughs> like it either the first time we played it. We still got to play it five so times far, now. So far, my opinion of that is not very good, but better than Time Stories. <laughs> that's funny. But uh, we actually played a game that is a campaign-based game. We've played this game before in our Struggle versus Evil. Sir, Recon has spotted something on the horizon. Well, what is it, soldier? Evil, sir. Lock and load. Here is an update in our struggle versus evil. All right, Nicole. We played Mice and Mystics again. We played Mice and Mystics as our feature last August. How do you know that? Did you look it up? I don't need to. That Uh, was a Matt and Brianna August episode. It was right right next to... Right next to Terra Mystica. I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, Mice and Mystics, uh, we played the Mission 3. We finally got around to playing the third mission with Matt and Brianna. We played, for the episode, we played Mission 1 to learn the game. Mission 2, I think, is what we might have recorded. <coughs> and we lost. 
Then you and I played Mission 3 by ourselves a bunch, and, and we had to play it like two or three times to beat it. Then we beat Mission 3. So did we play Mission 4? Well, no, we played Mission 3, but we beat it. Oh. So here's the thing. We played with Matt and Brianna, and this one we... I mean, I'm just going to give it up for Plat Hat Games, okay? Because we're trying to do this fast now, Nicole. We are doing this fast. (laughs) Uh, This game, (laughs) Plat Hat Games did a really good job of making a really, you know, really stretching what they could do with what they had in the box. Mm -hmm. I think they did a great job with this. And all of these missions, while being a big story also have a lot of unique moments in each of these chapters of this story that's that's you know one big book that you read to play the whole campaign that comes in the box and mission 3 is no different i mean you get to do new things again in this one uh we start off gam- gathering uh intel about what what the point of this queen who's turned us into mice is and we uh get to gamble with rats remember that mhm that, that was, was fun. That was fun, right? Yeah, we got that was to play really like a cool. little gambling game and try to reduce the number of enemies we were supposed to fight, which we didn't successfully do all the way down. Was, that was a neat little diversion. <laughs> it was it was totally not anything that we'd had that we'd been able to do before in the game. Right. They've done that a couple times where right. it's like here's like a whole new aspect that's not the same. Like when they uh, there was a crow attacking us. Right. That was just different. It was just all of a sudden different. Right. There's no crow on the board, but he attacks you if you roll the wrong thing. Kind right. Of like, yeah. And so we get to gamble with rats in this one. Uh, we did have to reset once after the cat auto killed like all of us. Yeah, <laughs> it happened so fast. The, the only thing <clears throat> that I can say about this game that still just kind of plagues us is we end up screwing up one of the rules every time we play it. Which one do we screw up? Um, the uh, end of chapter. Remember? Oh, we were supposed to move the chapter end, and we kept thinking we were moving our chapter marker one space towards the end. Right, but it was supposed to give us more time, and we kept thinking it was giving us less time. And it's like, why is it? it why is it punishing us for doing well? Right, every we, time we befriended the lady in the kitchen. Yeah, and then we got <laughs> and screwed then over, we get and it took for it. yeah, it took away our time. I'm like, wait a minute! And it <laughs> turned out we were doing that rule wrong. You were supposed to move the there's chapter markers. And you've got, you know, five chapters in order to beat this. It's basically just Look, time units or I'm something. I'm pretty sure if we don't wait eight months to play it again, then we'll be fine. You know what? We didn't wait. We waited, waited way more than eight months to play Eldritch Horror. And we didn't screw up any of those rules like that. That's because I was really careful with that That's one. That's because that game's freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, my this God. This was really good. <laughs> well, I st- uh, still, we played Mission 3. Uh, Mission 3 was very unique. Uh, it felt different than Mission One or Two for sure. I think the I'm, I'm I think this game's just robust feeling. I mm-hmm. think that that that's kind of what I walked away from it was like was playing it and thinking, wow, this is a really realized system. It's really really smart. They they've really thought about like clever ways to make everything different, and that this game you know definitely deserves to be played as a campaign. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is one that definitely you need to uh, keep going with all the missions. Don't worry, not give up on because it. at this point we are. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everybody's excited to hear about because, this game again. Because again. I bought both expansions. There's two expansions? Oh, yeah. I know there's like the Tail Feathers one. And no, that's a different game. It's a different game? Yeah. Oh, what I, what, are we, what did you get me? The Heart of Glorm or something like that, which is the uh, next game or the next one in this, in, in the order of the story. And then I got you this. Oh, man, I can't remember what the other one is. Because <laughs> it's not really for me. <clears throat> It's like a big box one. I got it today. Oh. You it excited? came in the mail? Yeah. I didn't even see a box. I know. I hid it from you. 
Is it for my birthday? No. Because you, you just this. told me what it was. No way. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, we're going to keep playing this. Okay. And uh, we hopefully we won't wait eight months before we talk about it again, but we'll try to play a couple episodes so we talk about more. I'll tell time. you if we, if we win, how we still <clears throat> feel about it. So let's get to this next part because we are running long in this episode already at and one I'm hour. I'm hungry. And you're hungry. I am. So uh, let's find out. This week we played another zombie game. Oh. This is this is our second zombie game in in like the last month and a half. I know we're so sorry. This is nuts. This is because uh, <laughs> yeah, I got I got bullied into it. But anyways, I know <laughs> our listeners are tough. Let's find out. I mean, we've already done zombies. What we do last time with zombies, we did our favorite zombie movies. Oh yeah. So what am I going to do now? I have no idea. Let's, you won't tell me. Let's find out what about that. All these games. All right, Nicole. So when you think that there's a zombie outbreak, what is your first instinct? What do you do? You just realize that it's true. It's not some fictional thing anymore. What do you do? What's the first thing you do? Poop my pants. No. Oh, <laughs> the very first thing. I don't know. I mean, take stock of the groceries because they're not going to last. Is that what it is? I don't know. So you go, you're going to go to the cabinets and go, do we even have any groceries? And then what do you do? You're like, no, we could use more. What happens? Well, then you get the crossbow gun that your uncle got you for Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and then you quick drive to gonna, the store. You're going to go to the grocery store? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Isn't it? I'm sure everybody does. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm saying I wouldn't go near the nearest supermarket. Well, what about the little gas station down the block? I know. You'd have to go someplace like that. Someplace that someone wouldn't expect, like go to a drugstore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of chips and snacks and stuff there or whatever. Stuff that'll last. Yeah. You know, I know you want to go well, for not, bananas, but, but they're going to go bad. you just go to the restaurants and try and wipe them out, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You're going to go to Burger King and steal all their frozen patties. Here's what I know for a fact. <laughs> if the zombie apocalypse comes, yeah. if I'm not immediately turned into a zombie, I'm probably still not going to last very long. Hmm? I'm not very tough. And I, I don't know when that I can... When did you find out you weren't very tough? Oh, I've known. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you. Uh, that's probably what most people would do. I bet it would be absolute chaos. Like, like the, the yeah. supermarket's like... It's funny whenever you see like a show like Last Man on Earth, how they go into a supermarket and it's still full of food. And it's like, I know the first thing that would happen in any kind of like calamity like that is that. And we know that just based on snowstorms. Mm-hmm. It's snow. It's going to snow a foot tomorrow. Well, I better go buy out the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Right. I better you don't go- want to go anywhere near the supermarket. <clears throat> right. When we're expecting snow. Right. They, they will sell out. Milk will be sold out. Bread, bread. will be sold out. Mm-hmm. Like milk, milk, egg, and bread mm-hmm. will sell out instantly. Because everybody's got to have French toast for breakfast in the morning. I don't even get it. I don't understand. I love French toast. How do you not get that? Well, I like French toast, too. <laughs> but I don't understand why you need to go and buy out the, the French toast aisle. Because it's delicious. No, I don't get it. It's worst. C'est magnifique. No. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> that's probably what would happen. Your, your instinct's probably right in line. With most other people, which is, I need to be able to eat for the next few days. Mm -hmm. But see, instead of hitting the milk aisle, I'd probably hit like the pasta aisle or something like that. Canned aisle. Stuff that can last. I would, that's all I would care about. Bottled water. Maybe. Because the water's going to go. Maybe. But let's strip out, let's, let's right now, just for conversation's sake, let's strip out the supernatural from this and start with the flaws. 
of what would be a real zombie, okay? A zombie is, is something that comes back from the dead, right? Sure. But it's still dead, right? Right. So a zombie rots. Right. Like a human body rots. Yeah. It's covered in bacteria. In fact, the second you die and you lose your immune system, <laughs> right, the bacteria culture that is in your bowels basically gets unleashed on your body and That's just starts disgusting. to eat, eat everything, okay? Without an immune system to stop it, everything goes fast, okay? And a good estimate is that in a warm, you know, moist climate like, like Missouri, we're going to basically produce a skeleton in about a month just laying out in the woods. Gross. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, that's between the body, you know, melting of the body from bacteria and the help of beetles and flies, etc. And, like... We're not even getting into, you know, so now now we got a zombie. Is Once a zombie is a zombie, they have maybe a month before they, there's no way they're going to be able to move. It's probably less than that. It's probably like half of that before they even. Well, I can survive a month. Once you're dead? No, 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 no. Right. Against the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, personally, you could. Yeah, even on the groceries we have in the house. I <laughs> Most mean, I'd likely. be much thinner, which right. is probably a good and thing. And we would really conserve stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing. Let's not even go into how much less durable their body gets once once they die. I mean, because, you know, within a couple of days, already everything starts to sort of liquefy inside of your body, all your organs, <laughs> right? This is very shortly. And the outer layer would become completely ridiculous, just mush. So so a zombie even like three weeks old would, would take one step and his, all his leg flesh would probably fly off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. This is, this is like no zombie movie I've seen. I know because there's that you couldn't make a movie out of a real zombie thing. So so real zombies would have a real hard time sustaining, you know, this outbreak. Uh therefore the population would have to reproduce really quickly. And let's just the say the zombie population? Yes. Well they're dead, they can't reproduce. But they can via bite, can't they? They spread the disease via oh, right, bite. Right. So that's how they reproduce. That's how they, they you know, propagate. Right. So let's just say that the uh, the bite would spread the disease, but also that the pathogen inside the zombie was transferable either through an animal or like a water carrier. No, it's never in the movies like that. <laughs> it is in the movies like oh, that. Oh, it is. Yeah. Cabin fever. Cabin fever. It yeah, transfers through water, water. Which is a bummer. Right. Man, and, that's a uh, good movie, though. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, all of a sudden, bites start to be kind of lame compared to animals that show no sign, uh, you know, so like an animal especially, that shows no no sign of a pathogen. Because let's just say that an animal, like, you know, let's just say a rabbit that you're going to catch and eat or something like that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's a carrier for this virus, and it doesn't show any signs of it. And now you kill it and eat it and become a zombie because you needed to get more food, let's just say. Why wouldn't you just drive like 20 miles down the road and get a cow? That's carrying that pathogen? No, but why would you get a rabbit? They barely have any meat okay, on Okay, fine, a cow. You go down and you kill this cow. Well, the cow's just not. grazing out there like, meh. No, it's not got the pathogen. It's a cow. It's got mad cow de- disease. No, it's got the pathogen. Are it's you just sure? Not, it's just not affected by it. Is you there have a no test? Idea. There's no test. Hmm. There is a test, but you don't know it. You're hungry. You're hungry now. You want hamburger. You want cow. I'm going to go get that cow. <laughs> so let's just say that that's, that's the thing. Or, you know... <laughs> you know, it's 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 carrying it, doesn't show any signs, so now you get hit with it. And so now I can only eat canned, canned goods and vegetables. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like how, you know, that a lot of listeners that we have probably don't realize that they're all plague carriers. 
they're just immune to plagues. Now, we've got some pretty smart listeners. They realize a lot more than well, we I'm do. Saying, there's probably some <laughs> listeners that don't realize that, that, that you could be carrying like Black Plague. But you're of the variety of humanity that was immune to it, and you moved on. Now, if you expose yourself to a group of people that's not immune to it or hasn't been exposed to it, you're going to give them back Black Plague. <laughs> you're just using that as an example, though, right? Yes. Okay, good. But it's it's true, though. That's real. No, I if know. If you found an island populated with people who had had no contact with any other humanity at all, and you walked in, they're like, hey, friend, I like your island, like the trees. They may be getting Black Plague <laughs> from you okay oh my goodness <laughs> this is real things <clears throat> so you know I think this might be the storyline for dead island that's i don't a, know that's a fun game there you go now you know entire books have been written on uh surviving the idea of a zombie plague well, max yeah, brooks the, for instance wrote a book which one that, did uh, he write well he wrote like some sort of zombie survival guide but uh <clears throat> in it he had stuff like the katana is the best weapon to use versus a zombie but since they're not available you should go with the crowbar because it has good skull piercing abilities yeah because <laughs> it'll hit the brain easier you know yeah so uh another thing to uh consider is that zombies are sort of hampered by physical abilities that would make a four foot picket fence almost impenetrable <laughs> well not those crazy fast zombies well, I mean, we're talking about traditional zombies here. But, but what about like World War Z zombies? I don't know. Maybe they might make it through the picket. Maybe Go ask just Brad Pitt. Never will. They were climbing I up never like will ask him. climbing up a wall <clears throat> in that one. Were they? They made like a zombie oh, that's pyramid. Right, the zombie tower. Yeah. <laughs> zombie cheerleaders. <laughs> zombie cheerleaders. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. Uh, but that's the thing. The tr- traditional zombie might not even get it through a picket fence. And uh, just think of the other numerous natural obstacles we have in the world that would stop them, such as cliffs and lakes, seas, etc. And don't forget about extreme weather, like cold and heat, that would either freeze them solid, because mm-hmm. r- in reality, everything your body's water and nothing's really been ever investigated, of course, about zombies because they're not real. That, that's determined that they have a natural antifreeze. Okay, I guess Dead Snow lets let you think that they have uh, the movie Dead Snow lets you think that they have a antifreeze quality to mm-hmm. them. But in reality, they would freeze, and if it was warmer, it would just rot them faster. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> is is it like a zombie disease possible? Do you think? Not like a dead person zombie. But <clears throat> right. Here's the thing. It's it's always going to be like that just crazy man zombie. Like, it's not that you're a zombie, you've come back from the dead. It's a zombie, right. you have no control of your faculties anymore. Right. You're just lunatic, and you're so, just out there crazy, biting other people for right. no reason, and then they get all zombie crazy and bite right. other people too. Okay, so up front, we'll, we'll just agree that it does not involve a dead person. A realistic zombie plague does not involve dead people. No. We throw all that stuff I just said out the window. They're probably going to be dead real soon. So it would probably be more like the movie 28 Days. 28 Days Later. You're talking about the sequel again. No, that's 28 (laughs) 28 Weeks Later. The movie's called 28 Days Later. (laughs) Okay. The movie 28 Days is that movie with uh, the chick. It's an alcoholic and she goes to rehab. With uh, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Seriously. Best part of that movie is the fake TV show within the movie. There's like oh my God. a soap opera. We were opera. talking about zombies. The soap opera in the movie is <clears throat> awesome. Like, I would totally watch that show. The movie itself sucks. Okay, guys. So here's a tip to you. Don't make the mistake of taking the later out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'm saying. It would be a disease of the mind. Right. Something that shuts down the brain and causes violent rage, right? 
Now, there have been cases I found out online involving PCP smoking that that resulted in, in, you know, and we know already that PCP smoking results in sort of a rage type situation or and definitely sort of a nerve numbing effect as well. I feel like it's the 80s and Nancy Reagan is telling me just say no. You and I know that and this stuff still happens, but there has been cases of cannibalism associated with PCP. Because you lose your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're hungry. (laughs) Right. So zombie states have also, of course, have been obtained using a variety of chemicals for hundreds of years uh, in voodoo practices and stuff like that. But it's not... uh, So, I mean, it is possible, like, I guess, artificially. But could a disease cause our body to do do this to itself? That's the question. So how about this? Now, this is something I found that was kind of interesting. Scientists... When asked this question, like point blank, decided that the most likely candidate would be a mutated rabies. Okay. Now, here's a problem with rabies, though. Rabies kills you really fast. Okay. How fast? Fast. Like a couple weeks. Like you didn't look it up. No, it's like two weeks. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's how long you're, you're doing that. Now, you are, you're affected by bright lights. We know that. We know that you hallucinate a lot. You know, noises will upset you, all kinds of things. Any stimulus basically makes you upset. Now, the problem with with rabies is the two-week death, right? Mm -hmm. So what if we combined that with, like, herpes persistency? Something that lasts forever but never kills you. Okay, wait a minute. Back up. So... In Cujo... Okay. I thought that dog was way older than two weeks rabies, ribified... When he got the rabies? I'm, are you really going to call upon Stephen King for some sort of validity? Well, he is the horror master. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know how long it had been with rabies, but rabies takes a dog out well, usually in two weeks. it wasn't a dog, weeks. too. Man, that dog was About nuts. About two weeks. Okay. Okay. So then you combine it with like a herpes-like persistency, right? Something that would, that would exist in a human body and go for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this would produce a permanent, violent, hallucinogenic state without a short-term lifespan. Right. That's now, scary stuff. Right. Now, technically, this doesn't exist. And most viruses, uh, but most, most viruses, they change fairly often. In fact, most of us know that penicillin, due to viral evolution, has, is not effective in most virus treatments uh, like it once was. Well, that's why they don't, want years you, ago. they don't want to give you antibiotics anymore if, unless they absolutely have to. <laughs> right. They'll let your body just, you, you just suffer through most of it. Because they're like, if we use this like we did penicillin, it's going to be useless. Mm-hmm. So that's that's happened. So that's you never why I was know. so freaked out when I got my wisdom teeth out because they gave me like two rounds of antibiotics right. for the stupid sinus infection right. I got when I had my my teeth pulled because they were afraid that like I was going to get brain sickness or something. I don't right. Know. So zombie herpes are on your way. I know it was nuts because you had to have those antibodies. I had to have two rounds. There you go. Two different things. So Nicole, b- bottom line, you never know. The next plague could actually be the zombie plague. And let's deal with this fictional plague right now. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. In Dead of Winter, 
You've lived through the zombie apocalypse, only to be stuck with a small group of survivors in a tiny northern town. And when I say northern, I mean like Canada North. Like it's so cold, you can't figure out how the zombies are still walking around without a heartbeat and a circulatory system to move the blood around and help keep them warm. But this is not a game about plot holes. This is a game about beating up zombies, not taking too much damage from zombie bites or freezing weather conditions or starvation. It's about acquiring goods and using those goods to help your fellow survivors meet the group objective before the morale marker hits zero, thus winning the game, almost. During normal game setup, a two whoa, during normal game setup, two non-betrayal cards oh. per player will be set in a stack. One betrayal card will be added to this stack. The cards are then shuffled and each player receives one secret objective card. The rest are returned to the box and don't look at them. That'd be cheating. I won't. Everyone's secret objective will be need will need to be completed at the same time that the group objective has been completed in order to share in a victory. Now, these objectives satisfy the selfish needs of the individual. For instance, all I need is my books. Objective just needs the player to have uh, two education icon cards. I know, that's me. Um, And they have to equip those cards to a single survivor that they control. But there's also a hoarder. The hoarder just needs to have more cards in their hand than any other player. Oh, I thought she slept around. Hoarder. Hoarder. Oh, oh, so we eat it before dinner. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, no big thing. But don't forget, one of the players may have drawn the betrayal objective. So now, are you innocently just keeping cards because you have your hoarding problem? Or is your real problem gluttony? Now, if you win... Now you only win if your morale, if the morale is at zero and you have six cards in your hand and you were not exiled. So your friends, they're not going to know were you keeping them because you're a hoarder or were you keeping them because you're evil. I'm right off the bat. I'm evil. I'm voting evil. Go ahead. I usually am. <laughs> right off the bat, I can tell that some people think are thinking that this game sounds mean and they would be a little bit right. But there are also uh, different variants offered in the rule book. There's a co-op that lets players choose to only work together to solve the group's main objective, so no more meanness. Uh, there is a two-player There's a two-player mode as well. It does work the same as the co-op, but you get more starting cards and you control more survivors. So it's always nice to include play for a couple instead of a group. We might try it sometime. Hardcore. Now, this is going to take the main objectives, Uh and they're going to take the difficulty and ramp it way up. That's what I like. chances of survival in this mode are not good. Okay. Uh, But you never want to be a a co-op game too many times, so it is nice to have more difficult options available. Uh, There is also a Betrayer variant, which reduces the number of non-Betrayer cards dealt in the normal setup to one per player rather than two, and that greatly increases the odds of having a Betrayer at the table. Now, we played the basic normal game with Matt and Brianna, so there might be a betrayer. There might not. But all we know for sure is we need more samples. Uh, Okay. Well, there you go. (coughs) Nice rules. You got to explain what we need more samples is now. (laughs) So in ours, we had a, uh, you do have an overarching goal, and these goals usually come with a time frame at the start of the game. And uh, this one, in this case, we were doing a, we need more samples. And what we were doing is when we would kill a zombie, we would roll a die after killing them. And if we rolled a certain number or higher, we would get to collect that zombie as a sample. And if we ended the game with a certain number of samples, we would win the game collectively. Right. As a group. 
<clears throat> but mind you, like she said, we all have individual goals. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's two goals you're going to have to achieve in this to technically call yourself a winner. <clears throat> now, this game, I'm going to tell you that I will not be bullied into every game in my collection. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we own this game for about seven months before playing it. Uh, and so here it is, the second zombie game on our podcast this year. <clears throat> now, that only leaves a couple of games in our collection. That leaves Zombicide and Last Night on Earth. We've never done either one of those on here, so we're so going to have to save those. for not for... doing those this year. <laughs> we're going to save those for 2017. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Honestly, I think this game made it to the table because, well, A, you got bullied. But B, you know. I got bullied. <laughs> no, but B, we really have been wanting to play it. So I think so. I just needed a nudge. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's been it's been that sitting there staring <laughs> at us game. So All right, well let's get this game started. Here we go. Our main object objective is we need more samples. Okay? Setup is the morale starts at six. The round track starts at six. <coughs> Nicole's calling the CDC. Uh, Nicole plays with her phone, here. and that's like a no. It's like a rule, this isn't is, it? This is episode what, and it was rule episode right. one not to play on your this phone. This is going to be episode thirty-two, and that's been the rule since episode one <laughs> for so long. What are you doing? I'm checking to see who called me. This is ridiculous. It's the CDC. <laughs> so, uh, victory, every time a zombie is killed, we roll a die. If the die is four or higher, <clears throat> we add it to this objective. We accumulate three zombies on this main objective for each player that started the game. So we'll need 12 zombies on this. At the start of the game, read section M10 on page 17. Can we stack corpses to collect them? Because that's cool. Okay, it's page 17. I wonder M10. why Nicole needs the card. <clears throat> it's January 25th. This this we, we probably jumped too far. They're saying this is, this is crazy. I don't think there were 10. Were there 10? No. Here we go. <clears throat> January 25th. As if the colony needed to smell even worse. Now we're storing corpses in the sheds where we once kept our plentiful food sources. God, what I would give to get this t- get to <laughs> give to taste a carrot again. <clears throat> you know who? You know who was has her bossy boots on once more. I didn't like doctors before the world ended, and I don't like them now. She says studying the bodies might help her identify how to stop the plague. Yeah, right. Better spend time figuring out the quickest, cheapest way to commit suicide. But whatever. (laughs) Everyone else is excited to help, and maybe that's the real value of this little project. All this, quote, research will do is tell us what we already know. The dead come back and try to eat you. Whoop-de-freakin'-do. Still, if a royal highness does not, or does come up with a cure, I'd better be the first in line to get it. That's that's the backstory. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna just. I'm intrigued. See, I'm intrigued too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was pretty good. So this is starting off good. Plenty of story. It seems well written, right? Mm-hmm. This is by Plat Hat Games again, by the way. 
It is? It's, yeah, it's the same people who do Mice and Mystic. Good grief. They don't mess around with that story, do they? Apparently not, which is good. <clears throat> right. Good motivation. I feel like I want to do do good, you know? Well, do well. Okay. I want to do good for good people. I do good for people. Okay, uh, so <clears throat> there's ten different objectives in this game, uh, each with their own backstory, and each one will make the game unique to what, you, what your goals are. Mm-hmm. However, each turn uh, presents more flavor than this with the addition of crisis cards. Let's just listen to this next clip for that. All right, so we reveal the crisis for the turn. Here we go. Starting turn one. <laughs> Round one, fight. All right, illness. Uh, we have to come up with pills equal to the number of non-exiled players, so four. Okay, four, four pills? pills. <laughs> we need four pills. Fail... And we place one wound token on all the non-exiled survivors, and we'll lose one morale. There's an optional. Add two additional pill cards to gain one morale for preventing the crisis. So if we can come up with six pills, we can actually gain a morale. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's so, this crisis. And is that a symbol that's going <coughs> that's to be on symbol, yeah. a card? Right. Yeah, so like at the hospital, it's fairly plentiful, but you're not going to find pills at the library because... Junkies can't read. <laughs> okay. Um, but educated ones can. There are some at the school, but you know, teenagers and all. Um, the grocery store, well, yeah, they have a pharmacy. Yeah. And what's that over there? Police station has no drugs. Well, I don't believe that. <laughs> you know they've got, like, some contraband. It's the yeah. police station. It's not the evidence station. Oh, that's different? Yeah. They keep that separate on purpose? Okay. <laughs> All right, so these are presented. Crisis cards are presented every single turn. And this sort of dictates where you're going to go on your turn. In this case, it said you need pills. And we can actually look at, like, all around the, the table. And we can see, okay, this this place has pills cards potentially. Because each location, you have, like, uh, how many locations were there? I think there were, like, six. Yeah, so there's, like, these six locations. And each one of them tells you... This is ava- this, these kind of cards are available here. These kinds of cards are available here, and it kind of gives them to you in order of their from from most to least. Right. You know? So, like the hospital, for instance, has lots of pills. Right. You know? <clears throat> but not a lot of books or whatever. It didn't have. Right. And these sort of dictate what you should do. And in this case, we're gathering the medicine. And uh, each player turn is conducted. I got to have to mention with action dice and you get action dice uh, using a formula, which is one die per survivor you control plus one die just for you being you. So each player gets one action die and then you get one additional one per survivor you control. Uh, so at the start of the game, we have three dice because each of us is controlling two survivors. So we can have two different people doing two different things and, you know, on two different spots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so on your turn, you have plenty of things you can do. Some of them cost action die rolls, some do not. You can move uh, each of your survivor once per turn, only one time. And when you do, you have to roll an exposure die that could potentially hurt your guy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, You play cards, you can barricade your location, you can attack, you can search. And I mean, you get the idea. There's lots of things you can do on Mm -hmm. your turn that helps the uh, team. Now, taking actions are as simple as rolling a die and reaping the rewards. They're not... I mean, they're, they're they're pretty much that simple, but not so fast. There are also crossroad cards in this game that can also disrupt these actions. So let's check out crossroad cards in this next clip. Adding to the crisis cards. Adding to the overarching goal card. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
And I read it as long as it's not italicized? Uh, if it's not italicized, is if the italicized portion is there's requirement nothing, There's is nothing met. italicized. Really? Yeah. So then I think you just read it. Okay. Hmm. And what was the date you read? Like January or something? Yeah. January 20th. <clears throat> Apparently now it's Christmas. <laughs> it says Christmas. If a survivor the player controls is at the colony. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was talking to a couple other people, and, well, we think tomorrow might be Christmas. Wow. It was fast. <laughs> Maybe it's a stupid thing to hold on to, but I think the people could use a distraction. What if we made dinner for everyone? A real dinner, I mean. Every player with one or more survivors at the colony must vote with a thumbs up or thumbs down. The option with the most vote takes effect. So Wait, on whether or not... dinner. You just vote thumbs up or thumbs down. On whether or not we want to make dinner. I like dinner. Am I reading which one's which? Which thumb, What thumbs up means and what thumbs down means? You're supposed You're to select it after we choose. Oh, okay. So we're 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 deciding whether or not who you're going to make dinner. I think everybody. <clears throat> really? It says what if we made dinner for everyone? Oh, so we're deciding whether we're going to make dinner. Or <clears throat> yeah. That sounds like a dumb idea. Okay. Yeah. But that, that's me. I don't know so that, we just well, vote. We just vote thumbs up or thumbs down. You guys might be obvious. Am I against? Am I voting? Yes, because yeah. well, you, you don't know, know what the answer. Do you know what the answer is? No, he doesn't. Yeah, he shouldn't. I can't see it. He hit the wrong thing somewhere. No, it doesn't matter. All it. of us, all of us have, have. Yeah, we outvote you know what. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go this way then, just for fun. <laughs> all right. So nothing happened with our first crossroad card, but let's talk about these crossroad cards because basically these are drawn by the player to the right of the player taking their turn. In other words, like the player who has has just taken their turn gets to draw a card and affect potentially the next player's turn. Right. <clears throat> now that person will read an italicized text at the top of the card, and it will say. If this person, let's say, goes to the bank, read this card. Or if this person kills at least one zombie, read this following thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And these are what, you know, so like we have this overarching story that gives a theme to the entire game. And then we have these crisis cards that give a sort of universal theme to each turn. And now we have these cards that can potentially thematically change individual moments in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now whenever you whenever you have this condition met, like let's say that I went to the bank, you then read the next thing that happens and tell them, like in this case, he was deciding, hey, it's Christmas, I'll make dinner for everybody, and we're all like, meh, no, <laughs> we need this food, <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I mean, we uh, we we do that, and that interrupts the player's turn, and you resolve the card, and then they can continue their turn. Now, the conditions could, you know, I mean, it could be a variety of things. And each card is sort of like a setup section and a consequence section. Okay. So both uh, the, it's both, both are visible to the player if you use the card version of this. However, Plaid Hat has made an app that I bought for $1 that makes the background wind noise you hear in the background possibly. Which and is pretty awesome. It also separates the top section and bottom sections of those cards. So the person reading them who's going to be taking part in this vote can't accidentally, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, read the bottom portion mm-hmm. and vote, you know, in what would benefit the group. Mm-hmm. You know, or or if they're the bad person, what would not benefit the group. So it, it really it separates those things. It gives you sound effects. And it's, I mean, it's probably worth a dollar, whatever. Dollar, whatever. How many times <laughs> you buy, like, lifesavers and you're like, there goes a dollar. 
I'm sorry, anybody who works with Lifesavers Company, they're delicious. They are delicious. Right? The pineapple's still the best version of that one. Is it? But they only have those in the, like, you get like one, maybe. I know, it's the best one. It says there's five flavors in there. You cherish it every time I you know. get it. And you always eat the lime ones first, though, right? Oh, yeah. Get rid get of, them out of the limes way. and lemons. They're pretty much the same filth. Same flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we are going to be doing, dealing with these crossroad cards every turn. And that's why this that, that's something that's really neat to this game is it's got three layers of, of theme that go into this. So the next clip is going to showcase the app. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert that one of the 80 crossroad cards is going to be dealt with. And we're going to be doing that. But there's plenty. I mean, 80 cards. And you're not going to remember every single one of them and how to vote. You may remember this one, though, if you listen to this next clip. So here you go. Okay, so... This is going to get scary. Now what do I do? I can just move my people and... Hang now out. I've watched three people do it. Okay, so <laughs> shut up. I'm going to move to the school, which means I have okay. to roll this die, which you didn't do, so I don't know how to do it. Oh, sorry. And then after you do that, then I get to... Nothing happens okay. to you, then lucky pants. this is going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, heavens. Okay. Uh-oh. Here we go. Now press play if you want them to read it. The beam of your flashlight moves across the wreckage. Clearly, this place has been hit by other scavengers, and you begin to doubt there's anything of value that's been left behind. Your light moves across a window. And you only just stifle a scream when you see eyes looking out at you from the glass. Oh God, you say. The youngest can't be more than five years old. The oldest is maybe nine. They vanish before you can recover, their eyes full of fear and mistrust. Option one. You bring the children back to the colony. Option two. The little survivors seem to be getting by on their own. Okay, here's the here's the thing. Young people or old people <coughs> will not help us out. They're just going to become burdens who eat our food. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to repopulate or anything like that. Thing. We just want to survive and be done. Yeah. That's a real thing. Oh, and you were supposed to... Who killed a zombie? You killed one. I did. Roll, roll one of your die, and if you roll a... Is it a four, five, or six, he gets put on our card. Oh. <coughs> Yeah. Put that on our little awesome. card for our main objective. Stacking bodies. On our main objective. Okay. So, oh. back to the issue of kids. This is a thumbs up, thumbs down vote? It's an option one, option two. So, oh, it's just, you can just Nicole's Option pick. one is you bring the children back so to the this colony. Is all about you. Oh, this is all about Oh, me. this is. Yeah, you're oh, at the school. No. We're not. Say thumbs up, thumbs down. We don't. I may know. be a teacher, yeah. but I really don't care about these kids right now. Wow. <laughs> They can so, fend for so themselves. They can fend for themselves. Oh, yeah. wow. okay. Substitute teacher. Not best. only are you going to let them die. <laughs> okay, so nothing happens. Okay. Yeah. So not only did you let them die at the school, you're also pilfering the school, taking what they may have needed. This milk's so, mine. So, <laughs> so now there's a blinking white arrow. Does that just, I wait until the end? What does it say? Is that, well, it just says little survivors, nothing happens. But then at the bottom, there's like an arrow. That. Hit the arrow. Does that go to just another blank? Oh, yeah. There's okay. a blank card now. Okay. okay. Nicole takes her turn. Okay. All right. So there you go. <clears throat> Eric Summerer of Dice Tower fame on our podcast. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's a pretty cool app for a dollar, right? It is, yeah. You get uh, the cards narrated to you. At least the front half of the cards is narrated to you every time. I think, I thought, wasn't the rest supposed (sighs) to be somehow, but we just kept screwing up the app? I think the problem was is that we gave the phone to Brianna. Well, it was definitely user error on all our parts. (laughs) Sorry, Brianna. (laughs) So uh, the app, though, I will say, isn't exactly intuitive unless you have experience with it, for sure. Even then, it took me a minute. Like, even the second time around, I was like, wait a minute, what now? So at the end of our turns, we have to eat one food for each two survivors. Uh, We get to decrease our morale once for every 10 waste cards in our, our, like, little hideout or whatever. And uh, we get to resolve the crisis by checking the pile of player-contributed cards. Bless you. (laughs) That was... You are so good looking. Thank you. That was a Seinfeld thing, remember? Okay. No. That'll never be a thing. All right. So, uh, so because every turn, people can contribute cards to these as a free action. And you have your little hand of cards and you can put stuff down. Like, here's pills cards I'm putting down, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you do put the wrong thing down, uh, it detracts away from it. So, so if you, put the, you wouldn't do that. Right. If I put gasoline betrayer. in the pills pile, then you would lose a pills because there was gasoline in the way, I guess. I don't know. It will. It would contaminate uh, the pills. Then you add zombies to the board and you check to see if we've completed our main objective. That's how you end a turn. Mm-hmm. And we have actually eaten at the end of this first round. And uh, let's see how the crisis went. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matt, what's the crisis card say? Uh, medicine equal to the number of non-exiled players, and you f- if you fail, you place one wound token on all non-exiled so players and lose on morale. Optional, add two additional medicine cards to right. gain one morale for present- preventing the crisis. All right, so if we have six medicine in here, we get a bunch of stuff. So here's yeah. the first one. That's a medicine. That's one. What? Next one. That's a medicine. That's two. Oh. Three. Four. Oh. Five. Oh. That's six medicine. We went up a morale. Yeah. We went up a morale. The betrayal has not yet shown in the face. <clears throat> and these... So, I, morale goes up. There we go. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's as good as it can get. Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, the question is, is it possible that we have no betrayer? That's what I'm thinking. But, I mean, really, in, in all these games with a betrayer, they rarely show their face right out of the gate. They kind of always like to lead you along right off the bat. Like, oh, yeah, you succeed the first mission in this game or whatever, because I don't. <laughs> I don't want to uh, show my face yet, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that that might be what's going on. But, you know, one crisis leads to another. And we begin round two, and we are beset by a blizzard. And suddenly we need four gas cans into the crisis pile. I've got a kind of crappy deal going on, but I can probably pull some stuff off. <clears throat> so the first thing I'll do is I'll... Oh, and I took a point of damage. If you had frostbite, you took a point of damage at the end of the round. Oh, forgot. crap. So what happens when this chick dies? Because um, that's going to happen. You just... You don't have her anymore. You'll get one less die to use every turn. What? Uh, so I'm going to kill this zombie using David Garcia. So I use him to kill this zombie... And I roll this die to see if something bad happens to me. And, of course, I get double frostbit, but that doesn't change anything. You still only get one per turn. And then I roll this die to see if I collect him. And I do! Samples! (laughs) 
Okay. So uh, I mentioned before that there was a twelve. There's a die that's an exposure die, and you roll this whenever you move from one uh, one area to another because you go out into this cold weather. Because it's uh, dead of winter. Right, and it's a cold weather, you know, full of zombies. Canadian winter, eh? <laughs> Canadian zombies. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 12-sided die, and they call it the exposure die. And each time you move or attack, this is rolled. So when you move, you also do it. because, Or you attack, you also I should have point to out, it. I really like Canadians. I wasn't making fun. Shh. Make fun of them. I'm just the bad time. at accents. Terrible at them. Go ahead. No, these effects, uh, they include no, no effect at all. So some of the spaces are blank. You have ones that cause a wound, because you can only take three wounds per character. Uh, frostbite, which is basically a wound that keeps giving you wounds every single it's the round. It's wound that keeps on giving. Right. And bitten, and that's basically instantly kills you. You become a zombie. Right. Nobody wants uh, that. And they, so they go, they're, they're pretty bad. So basically, a lot of what you roll can basically kill you really quickly or instantly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's check my next turn and see how I do. All right, I'm going to move this guy. Where are we going? To Gasolineville? I'm going to move down here with you. Okay? I'm going to roll this. I got a, I got damaged. That's ridiculous. I haven't picked up that die and had a good result yet. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm here. <clears throat> I use uh, this 3 plus search die to grab this. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play... Hmm. I'm going to play... Did you, you played zero cards into here. I did. What, did. what did you just play? I just played two cards into the crisis pile. Well, what's the crisis need? <clears throat> needs four gasolines. Okay. Ah. So, I'm confused, but I think I'm okay on this one. I doubt it. So... Okay, um, so the last thing I'm going to do... Oh, he's done all the last thing I'll do is I will add a barricade to this one with this die. And that is it. Your turn. Okay, then I have a question on this. Because this is if a player moves a survivor and doesn't play a fuel card. But I'm assuming you played a fuel card. But I ha- I'm just assuming. So I didn't play really... a fuel card. A fuel Is card you... will stop you from getting exposure. He, yeah, he put. So a, I did do a... that. I moved this guy. And you didn't play a fuel right. card. Okay, so I had to push the green yes. arrow. <clears throat> Press play. Horde. The snow falls heavily as the world turns white, and visibility drops to only a few yards around you. Of course, a blizzard would come now. You're not alone, though. Another shape moves through the storm, gesticulating wildly as it struggles through the snow. And another. And still another. Your stomach lurches as you realize you've walked into the middle of a roving horde of the dead. No. Weighing your options, you suspect the reduced visibility may help you pass with minimum detection. But you also have to admit, the odds are not in your favor. This is bad. Option one. You push on, doing your best to avoid them. Option two. Your goal is important, but so is not becoming one of them. I mean, I push on. Option one. This is too late to go back and do this. I just push the option play one, again? Yeah. It, doesn't, you it, press doesn't, option. it doesn't show me. Oh, okay. Do I read this? No, Probably. push the button. 
Unless there's a plus. There's no button. There is, there's yeah. no Just read it then. Okay, roll for exposure on that survivor three additional times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing. Frostbite. My guys are dying. Every one of my guys is gone. And another wound. So I'm going to die at the end of this turn. Okay. Okay, and then I just pushed a little white arrow. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> and this moves to Brianna? Yes. Okay, and it's my turn? Thomas Hardbent and it's dying at the end of this turn. And there's <laughs> nothing I can do about it. Every time I hear Thomas Hart Benton, is that, is that my actual name or am I making stuff something up? Isn't he like an artist? I don't know. No, is that's it, Tom Hardy. Thomas Hart Benton? I don't know who that is. I don't know either. It's funny. But he's going to be dead soon. But bad for me. He's, I, I rolled terrible. It's my fault. Why is it your fault? Because I always end up doing stupid things in games that kill you. I'll be fine, but it's, you're going to die <laughs> because of my stupid things. <clears throat> The good news about this is, is when you when you lose your character, your guy just comes right back in. You get a new survivor, and you just come back in. They do have a a mode where you can make it so your guy does not come back in. Yeah. Why would I play that mode when I play this battle all the time? Yeah. When you're this likely <clears throat> to lose. So uh, let's jump back in. Brianna starts her next card or her next turn with a crossroad. Mike Cho. The zombie crashing through the window cuts off your final escape route. There's no way out. The inevitability of your death begins to sink in, and you find you're surprised at how at peace you feel. The gnashing dead press in on you, and you close your eyes and whisper a final prayer. You hear a high-pitched battle cry, and open your eyes again to see a man dressed entirely in black, slicing through a zombie with a sword. Option one. You join him helping him fight off the zombies. Option two. As he expertly dispatches the zombies, you see your chance to get away. Hmm. I think that I would help him. Okay. Spin around and decapitate you. <laughs> grateful, you're grateful for your help. He agrees to join your group. Search the survivor deck for Mike Cho and add him to your following. Whoa. Add one wound to Mike Cho and to a survivor that you control that is at a non-colony location. Remove all zombies from that location. So Mike Cho just cleared out the hospital for you. Is this Mike Cho? Did you go through the survivor deck? Oh, is that this? This guy's dressed this? all in black. He no, that's not that's a crisis stick. Oh. <clears throat> he doesn't have a sword, though. This guy's got a knife. He could be a Cho. A Cho oh, guy. yeah, he's got, like... Does he have a ninja mask on? He has, yeah, like a mask. Thing okay, going. here's Mike Cho. And here's a wound. Yeah. Okay, now does yeah. he... Okay, and so you, get, he you get a wound on your guy, too, right? Yeah, but that yeah. makes her dead. <clears throat> yeah, so she dies. Okay. Did she die immediately? Yeah. Okay. Mike Cho okay. takes then over. That zombie goes so away. So then... Does, and we don't get to roll for this. It didn't and does say. that mean that our morale goes I down? I would think so. You still killed yes. it. Mike Cho is a member of your group. Killed that zombie. Why wouldn't you roll for it? Yeah. He's part of a group now. Okay. Well, then roll for it. Whatever. I say we roll. Roll for it. For what? For that zombie that, he, that Mike Cho killed. To see if we get it. To keep it. Yep. Heck Yeah. Oh. Good job, Mike Joe. Okay. Um, okay, now does he go into the... Okay, so she's gone. 
Does he go into the hospital now? Yeah. Where you were, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you cleared out the <coughs> zombie, zombie already. Yep. What okay. else? Okay. You got all your dice left. You got a new guy. Okay, so Mike Cho, when performing an attack with Mike, do not roll for exposure. Ooh, I'm trying to listen to I'm trying to make you mad. Okay. (laughs) Do you even know what he does? He doesn't roll for exposure when he travels. Is that what it says when he travels? No, it says when performing an attack with Mike, do not roll for exposure. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for listening. (laughs) That's not important as Brianna and I Okay, so I will. That was pretty okay. cool. I well, it's it's very lucky to go. I'm about to die, and then have a guy run in and go. I'll take his place. Right? Yeah. How come games feel like this to me? <laughs> because you've got me on your side, and Brianna doesn't, and I always end up <clears throat> killing you. We we talked about this. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> Whenever I have like a, whenever I have a challenge, I'm like, yes, I'll take the challenge, and it's like you die. What? <laughs> Brianna's like, I guess I'll take the challenge. You get a ninja. What? How <laughs> was that even remotely the same? He was awesome. Mike Cho. He's like my fave. <laughs> Is he? He was pretty good. Well, let's uh, let's let's check in with this next clip and and see because we we've we've not really hit the the true spirit of this game yet. And I think it starts to come through in this next clip. Oh, did you fight this guy? No, I didn't. I just searched. Um, Sneaky. Very sneaky. Mm -hmm. What's sneaky? Uh, My search? Because I searched around him. Um, Okay. Can I put barricades up without fighting this guy? Like on the next two? Yeah. So I'll just put two barricades up. Instead of fighting him? Isn't that with your Mike Cho guy? Yeah, no, that's this guy. I don't want him to die. You you don't want to fight with the mayor? No. We need zombies. All right, is that the end of the player turns? Halfway to our. What else are you doing, Brianna? Do you have any oh. cards to play? She's betraying us. That's what she's doing. Oh, She's a five and a four. No, a five. And, yeah, five and a four. Is she the best betrayer on the table? I'm, she could have really done some cool stuff some and decided to barricades. barricades I know that guy has like no damage. Hide in the hole. So yeah, we should probably because be, he's my leader, though. Her. I don't want him to die. We're gonna exile her right after this turn. Right. Do you want me to vote for Brianna's exile? <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> See how this crisis card turns out. Hint, hint, Brianna. Mm-hmm. The cards that you're playing. Needs to anything goes time. wrong, you're going to get on the exile pile. Put up two barricades, searched one time. Right. I know. That's all she could pull off. For leaving a zombie. Like put one card in guy. there. All right, there's only one guy here. We, we just divide by two and round up to one, so we get one food. The fitness trainer just staying at home eating. <laughs> um, check waste. Check waste. Brianna, you want to do that? <clears throat> Is it at the start four. or right at the very end that I take it? So we don't have enough to do that. Resolve crisis. Oh, at the beginning of each turn is when you take one more wound. Feels a little light. There's only four here. Right. We need to come up with uh, dangerous gasoline. 
We got a full boat of gasoline. We're gonna live through this blizzard. Fuel. 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 Whoa. Fuel. Pulled it off. Crisis averted. Yep. We're that crisis card. We're done with that. So, I mean, I really want to believe after we finish our second crisis card and succeed that there's no betrayer, but I don't know. Two of those gas cards came from me. Okay. And Brianna built a whole bunch of barricades. So that's probably your secret mission. Mm -hmm. But it really feels suspicious. When you're playing the game and you see someone do something weird like that, that's just way out of the ordinary, where you're like, what is that? Yeah, but at the same time, she just had somebody die. Right. She doesn't want her leader to die. I totally get that. But that many barricades is like... What? I don't know. (laughs) So uh, our next crisis card comes up and we get raided and we are going to have to give up food to the people sort of, you know, pointing guns at us. And I follow up my turn with bad rolls and I kill my remaining guy and I get a (laughs) replacement. And here is Brianna's next turn. Okay, so I'm going (laughs) to perform another search. Is this Mayor McCheese again? Mayor McJesus or Mayor, Mayor McBetrayer. <laughs> I know, I should have like, voted for... Oh well, it's too late. Please put the knife down because you're making little clicky noises. Okay, and then I will attack that zombie. About time, kill okay. Him. And then roll, I'll just roll one of mine. Yes. Keep him. You need 12? Yep. And I'm going to do another barricade. As a group, rock I think you're going to win. But I don't know who's going to win the individual. Yarb. 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 And what are we looking for? Food? Yeah. Yeah, for those thugs that have come to steal our food. The dirty thugs. We're talking dirty, dirty thugs. Oh, look at that. She just put the wrong thing in. Betrayer McCheese. Betrayer McCheese. (laughs) 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 Yes, there's something up with Brianna. At this point, I'm suspicious. There's mannerisms that don't translate quite through the audio that I'm reading. There's a subtle discomfort that's leading me to truly thinking that Brianna is the betrayer at this point. And yes, I'm teasing but I'm watching her sort of divert the comment over and over again. And I'm just mm-hmm. keep picking at her to see what, because she keeps reacting strangely. And I'm like, I think this is the betrayer. Hmm. This is the moment where I, th- I think that she's the betrayer. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No. <laughs> now, Brianna begins uh, her next turn, or she ends her turn by accusing Matt on his next turn for hanging out uh, at the colony and Matt builds barricades at the colony, just like Brianna's building barricades. Exactly. Uh, and we get to the end of another crisis. So let's see what happens at the end of this food crisis. We resolve the crisis card. Matt, shuffle up the crises. Contribution. Crisai. We passed the plate around the colony this week, and this is what we come up with. Yeah. Donations include food. Food, 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 and junk. 
Oh. Well, that sucks. We still got it. We still got it. No, well, we no, didn't. We didn't. Because junk takes away a food. Right. Oh. Saboteur. So our morale goes down again. Wow. And we lose a card from our hand each. Mm. What? I'm out of cards. Oh, my God, Nicole. Why did you do that? Saboteur. Nicole, you're the betrayer. Mm. Does that go... Where do those go? Do they go into the waste? They go out of the game. Out of the game? Gone forever. Now, notice when I poke at you, I twice in that clip tell you you're the betrayer. Mm -hmm. And you don't react at all. Mm -hmm. You know what that means to me? You're not the betrayer. (laughs) I don't know. But this is the first confirmation, absolute confirmation that we have a betrayer. Yes, there's definitely a betrayer. Like at this point, it's that's beyond the only a doubt. Way you get junk. It's the, uh, beyond a doubt. Someone sabotaged our food that we were putting in there. Mm-hmm. So the next crisis is for gasoline again, and this time it threatens to add a whole lot of zombies to the colony, and that brings us to a Nicole shocker. Dum, dum, dum. I'm going to vote to exile. Who are you voting to exile? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of them. She's trying to threaten me. It's, it's one of them. Seriously. Yeah. I don't... I'm still hung up on why he keeps filling this area up, wasting dice. It's not wasting dice. I have to have a five or a four. I keep having ones and twos. Well, yeah, but you can what be else putting can them I do in with there. It? That's where all the zombies Somebody are coming put out. Junk. My guy's yeah. in there. You have to. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, go. He has to be in the location wherever he's at. So you'd have. Yeah, to, but like he's, he's doing it from here, so he's protecting that. But yeah, hmm. well, but there's nobody in there now. So only one zombie can ever. I mean, well, now there's three people in there, but before right, so there was only one person. Are you voting to exile? So what if I... What if I I'm going to warn you guys that if you vote to exile and you're wrong, you, you do get to reveal if they're wrong, because if they're wrong twice, you lose the game. Everybody loses. So make sure you know. Well, I know somebody is. Do you? Yeah, I know somebody is. Because otherwise, why would you put junk in the trunk? So to speak. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's trying to not be exiled themselves. I think so. That was my fault. I made a noise. I made a noise. Ooh, that's a funny noise. Phoebe. Who are you voting to exile? Phoebe. I don't know. Now I'm scared to be wrong. I don't know Game's almost doing. over. Right. Game is almost over. Right. <laughs> Can I consult with her? Because I know it's not her. <laughs> because it's not me, fools. It's oh one of y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Fred. It's always Fred. Yeah. That's just, He's that's crafty a, enough to pull it off. Out. This is an absolute cop-out. I've done nothing except die in this game. He's <laughs> with that. Well, and at the very beginning, he said everything I've done any of the... is proactive for the team. I haven't done Hard. one shady thing. 
I haven't built barricades when I wasn't supposed to. I've searched. I've gone to the locations I was supposed to go to to try to resolve crisis cards. There's no evidence for this at all. It's mm. absolutely preposterous. Somebody put something in the crisis pile. Somebody put something in the Kool-Aid, so <laughs> enjoy it. You're on in for a ride. <laughs> oh, I kind of think it might be Matt, though. But it's just always Fred. Mm-hmm. By default, it's I think it has Fred. to be Fred. Yeah. But it's I kind of actually Fred. think it's Matt. It's not Matt. It's not Fred. <laughs> that. I'm accusing Matt. Wow. That just happened. I'm accusing Matt. So what do I do? What happens? You just take a vote right now. All those in favor, thumbs up, thumbs down if you're not in favor of it. One, two, three. Oh, first player breaks ties too, so. Well, it wasn't a tie. I I assume I don't get to vote on myself. I don't don't know. Let's look. Well, I would still break the tie, so it would still be, he's out. I know. So you've been exiled, Matt. If you are not the betrayer, reveal your secret objective to all players and remove it from the game. Since I am not the betrayer, my secret objective was the colony has at least four barricades. (laughs) I told you guys. (laughs) So, I gotta move this guy. He's going to the gas station. Since you guys need gas, I'm gonna fill up all the spots in the gas station. (laughs) What does that say? Oh, it says low battery. It says low battery. 10%. Okay. Thank you. We need to hurry up. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> okay. So, really, at this point, I think, I'm, I mean, really, at this point, I'm, I'm saying, I am not a betrayer, and Matt's not a betrayer. I thought he was the betrayer. <clears throat> and I'm to myself, I'm saying this, and I, I know this. Yeah. Now, of course, that doesn't help help Matt. Well, no, he's done. <laughs> and so we are going to figure all of this out right now. Let's just end this game, okay? All right. I am done, I believe, unless we want to vote to exile Brianna. Nicole, what do you say? <laughs> Does Matt get to vote? Nope. First player, the betrayer, breaks the tie. (laughs) Well, if we're wrong, then the game's over, right? Somebody's a betrayer, aren't they? And it's you. Because we would lose the game if you didn't vote against it. Wait, wait, wait. But if we're wrong, then we lose too, right? Yes. We're not wrong if you voted yes. I got you in the corner. You either vote with me or you're the betrayer. <laughs> Yo. I don't think so. She's the betrayer. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's okay. the end of the turn. Uh, it's the end of the game. Why is it the end of the game? Are you voting to exile it? No. Oh, okay. No. So we pay food. There are six people in there, and we have to pay, or seven people. So we don't pay enough. So that we don't use any food. Instead, we get a starvation token. What does that mean? Uh, it means we lose a morale instead. So here's, we get this morale thing right here. We go down a morale. <laughs> and then we don't have any gasoline to pay for the other things, so we lose. Oh. 
Yeah. So we just lost the game because our morale went to zero. This one actually doesn't say anything about morale going down. It doesn't? Mm-mm. Go what back up. We don't lose. It says fail. Remove all barricades from the colony. Add 10 zombies oh, to the colony. Okay. So we don't lose. We're still one in. 10 zombies. Add 10 zombies. Two, three, four, five. Two on one, two, three, and four, and one on five and six. It says remove all barricades. Right. Add ten zombies. Right. Two. Killed your guy. Three. I killed your guy. Four. Five. Six. And you put another one at one. Another one at two. Another one at three. Another one at four, which makes two at one, two, three, and four, and one at five and six, which is what I said. Okay. Math. Now. We resolved the crisis. Uh, I don't think waste is going to get us this time. Uh, no. <clears throat> uh, we get to add zombies, which is one to... This is going to be a lot this of zombies. Be- Holy crap. Okay, we might actually have to get out the stupid zombies. No, this is token. awesome, though, because then we can actually kill some. Because that's my problem, is I keep running out of zombies to kill. So, a barricade goes away and one goes there. Three goes here. Who has the lowest... Uh, who has the lowest resolve in, in between these guys? I have a. S- this, oh, the, the fireman is there. He's dead. Okay, so Get him who out has there. the lowest resolve between these two? I'm thirty. And who's the other person? Your other guy. Thirty and what? Where's your mayor? My mayor. Oh, is he? Yeah. Right. So this, this guy. Oh, this guy so dies. Yeah, so this. Oh, he dies. Right. Oh wow. Mike I think so. Show. I think he automatically dies when you overflow. <clears throat> so, adding zombies... Does that then mean that morale goes down? See, adding yeah. zombies... Yes, we're about to lose. So, hold on. What? Whenever a survivor is added, <sighs> corresponding K, adding zombies. Where's the adding zombies on the next page? I don't know. Rule check. Okay, here we go. Whenever adding zombies, they are added one at a time until all zombies that have needed to be added are added. When adding zombies to the colony, always place a blah, 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 blah. When adding seventh, da, 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 da. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. This is interesting. Continuing down here. Uh, if there are no empty spaces and no barricades, the entrance has been overrun. Remove that zombie and kill the survivor at the colony with the lowest influence value. If there are only helpless survivors in the colony, blah, 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 it's the same thing here. Every time a survivor is killed, decrease the morale by one. So we just lost the game because that got overrun and your guy died. Uh. So there you go. Fun at all. <laughs> we you know what also is not fun? That right there. I told you, Nicole. <laughs> she didn't add any cards. On purpose. She has a whole stack and she doesn't add anything. Right. Okay. But when we got oh the junk, she didn't add any cards. Oh, my God. You didn't add any cards. Yes, she did. Yeah, I did. I, that was the one card that I added. Yeah. Oh my god, I totally didn't think she added any cards. She, That's why I didn't He didn't her. add any cards that time. <laughs> oh, I hate you both. <laughs> oh, so the sad thing know. is, I, is that I'm an idiot. So, okay, so I didn't technically win either. Because morale had to be at zero. It is. Um, it is now. It is now. Uh, there are at least four barricades at a single non-colony location, which there are right there. Ridiculous. You control at least one survivor equipped with one gun card. She put four barricades and runs away, and I go, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. That's a betrayer move. And you guys are like, what? (laughs) 
Come on. And then there are at least two. I didn't realize. I just like skipped over the fact that that was a fuel symbol. And I just was like, there's two cards in your hand that are not starter items. And so the whole time I was thinking, oh, I'm good because I have something from the police station and something from the hospital. But I only have one fuel card. (laughs) So I did not win. You were short one fuel card. One fuel all. card. I got exiled. I'm joining with the betrayer. Hey, we win. <laughs> <laughs> you do not. All right. So let me just tell a couple things to okay. clarify about that clip. One is whenever I voted to was voting to exile her. I can't remember if we actually voted or not, but because I was first player. You weren't first player. Oh, you're right. You were first. player. I was still first player. And there was no tie. Oh, my God. It was two against one. It was one to one, and you broke the tie, so I couldn't exile her. Oh, because Matt didn't get the vote. Yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, And the other thing is, is the colony space uh, is sort of like, it's a space with some people in it, but there's like a bunch of different entrances to it that can have zombies placed in there. And how we really lost this game was overrunning areas with zombies. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what happens is when you try to add too many zombies, you have have spaces that are available for zombies to be in. And if they go past that number of spaces, it starts decreasing your morale for every zombie that tried to get in and couldn't get in. And that's really how we lost. And and, and the colony is like a a whole bunch, like a a space surrounded by zombie spaces. And they kind of add and add up and Mm -hmm. it becomes really rough. So we did lose, and we did find out that Brianna was the betrayer, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I bloodhounded that out pretty early, didn't I? Honestly, though, I, I misread that one turn. I thought she did not put in a card, right. and Matt did. And it was, in fact, the other way around right. that Matt did not put in a card, well, I mean, we listened, she did. We listened to all the crisis resolutions, I and I actually verbally said both times when she added one card. I didn't hear it. I missed it. I was focused <laughs> on something else. I was stupid. I lost the game oh, for a Oh, man. Thought. You lost it. No, actually, the funny thing is... is, is I told it you, was, I'm going to die in a zombie apocalypse. Here's the truth. Is by the time I was going to exile her, it was too late. Yeah. It was too late. We were losing the game already at that point, and you guys had exiled Matt, and I, by the time it got around to me, I was like, let's exile Brianna. She's the traitor. And you're like, I don't believe it. I'm not going to do it. And it was already too late. She had already sabotaged sabotaged that crisis card, and we were going to lose so much morale. Yeah. There was no stopping it at that point. I should have just let her get <clears throat> exiled anyhow. Right. Because are you going to tell them our secret? Right. Our goals? secrets were uh, Matt needed four medicine cards. Well, that's after. That was his new secret. That was but he new... revealed what his other one was. Yeah. It was the barricades. Right. Uh, you needed to, be, to exile the betrayer. So that's right. why you got rid of Matt, despite the fact of me saying Brianna's the betrayer. Well, why would I pay attention to what you say? Because I'm not the betrayer. <laughs> now, I needed... I was the only really unique one. I needed... Uh, well, no, that was pretty unique. But I needed to have the most survivors in my little group of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that then I would become the leader. And I every time I seemed to get one... Like, I lost all my guys, <laughs> which was awful. And then I got them back. And by the end of the game... Every time I would seem to get one that would give me like advantage, Brianna would get one too and mm-hmm. equal what I was doing. It really was upsetting. So anyways, let's talk about what we liked about this game, Nicole. Okay. What did you like? Why do you always put me first? I'm like I did at... two of them this episode first, didn't I? Anyway. So I don't always, so get that out of your brain. I like the amount of exploration in this game. Yeah. It's you like you said, there's so many different levels of goals, right? 
that it's going to be a definite different game every single time. <clears throat> There's characters that none of us ever saw with powers that none of us ever saw. There's crisis cards that right. we it, didn't see. There's different. There's so many different goals. Right. There's different variations on how to play the game in the first place. Right. You even had a guy who was like a failed like Santa Claus, like mall mm-hmm. Santa. And if we exiled him, we would get like morale back. I didn't even think, I don't think you had to exile him even. You just, it was something simple. I don't know. Or if he died. Yeah. You got morale back. You said to like back. kill him or whatever. It was hilarious. Yeah. But there's, there's like, there are, there's, like I said, there's at least three layers potentially on every player's turn of theme. Mm-hmm. There's an overriding theme. That's the whole game where we're all trying to gather samples. Mm-hmm. And then there's these crisis cards that pop up every time, like this turn, this bad thing happens, and all of you need to pay attention to it. And then there's a potential every time you take a turn that if you do the right thing, another layer of theme is going to come up. So it's a densely theme- thematic game, you mm-hmm. know? What else do you like? Anything else? You want me to keep going? Keep going. Well, I mean, I'm just saying this, this leads to a very nice story. This is a really, a really smart game. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. the, the idea of like of the, all those layered on top of, of each other is really smart. And then you combine that with this idea of personal goals and betrayer goals. Mm-hmm. It just all together it becomes it, it seriously reaches the level of genius because now you're seeing these odd things happening that layer over the top. And we saw that in our game. We saw right. Brianna building these stupid barricades and, and Matt, so Matt building these barricades. And we know there's only one betrayer card. Right. So now we don't know who is the betrayer because one of them could be, one of them could not be. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That It was cool. And uh, so on top of that, <clears throat> I think they do, a, they, they do a pretty good job of taking a zombie game and making it more of a survival game. So so for listeners who might not like zombie themed games, this game is more about just surviving each turn. The crisis card is more important than, important than the zombies. The zombies didn't true. seem to become an impact until a point where we could have won the game had Brianna not been a betrayer. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Um, and I think I, I felt more like it was a survival game than a zombie game. Which I think is cool because... You know, I mean, I I think zombies are fine. I don't dislike them, but I don't yeah. love them, and I'm I'm I get bored with them, right? Because they're just all over the place, right? So now that part was cool. I'll, I for just for you, I'll lead off on the dislikes. I okay. think it was just this much too long. See, I don't. I didn't think it was too long. Just this much too long. Nah, I thought time wise it was fine. We could have played for another... Well, what did you dislike about it? I need constructive criticism. All positive doesn't do anything for me. Don't look at my notes. I'm looking at your notes. Stop looking at my notes. You're going to steal my idea. I disagree with your idea. I don't care. Get out of here. I don't know. I I didn't like that it's zombies again. You just don't like the I didn't... Well, yeah, because I just, like... I took for granted... That it was just a hype game. Right. There's zombies. Everybody loves zombies. Walking Dead. Yay. Right. Whatever. Yay. Everybody loves zombies. <coughs> so I really didn't, I didn't really want to get this game. And we finally just kept hearing so many good things. Nobody hated it. Fine. We'll get the game. And then I didn't really care one way or the other about playing it. I mean, I wanted to play it, but only just to kind of be done with it. Right. And then I ended up actually liking it. 
you know in your face i know in my face <clears throat> that's in so, so my whatever. other dislike is that in the game on the crisis cards every turn it just feels like a search mission that's kind of what it felt like and so i felt it i felt a little bit of tedium starting to set in every turn where they're telling me oh now you need food oh now you need gas Oh, now you need this other thing, you know, and I was just well, like going, uh, what you would need to do for survival, right. though, in any circumstance. But it was starting to become a bit tedious because basically what that translates to is now you need to move all your guys over to here and now you need to spend all your turns searching and putting cards into this other deck and hope you get the right amount of cards so that you don't lose morale and lose the game. Okay, yeah, I get you there. Okay, so it started becoming sort of that the crisis cards became this sort of like this oversimplified tedium that started started getting a little annoying with me at late in the game we only did like what three or four of them though right how many there's a lot of crisis cards in there well, though, i'm sure right? there are and i'm sure they say pills and food and gasoline over and over and over again with well there different might be some other there might up. be other stuff we don't know I don't might know. not be probably not there's not that many symbols on the cards and it seemed like every one of them seemed to be themed around collecting symbols, symbols and yeah. putting them in a pile and just giving a chance for the betrayer to put cards in and reduce them that were not that and reduce morale. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that I think that that might become a little more obviously not that much fun later in the game. Because you are just kind of, you go to a spot, you manage, you know, the zombie population in there so that you don't lose points or you don't die at the end of the turn. Because the person with the least amount of... Uh, what is it, influence or whatever it is, dies mm-hmm. if zombies overflow an area automatically. Mm-hmm. There's no roll of a die. There's no, you know, chance you'll win the fight. You just die, you know? <laughs> so well, then, there, then there you search. There is no cure for the zombie bites. So right. And then you sense. search the area and hope that you get the right cards that deal with the crisis that turn. And then you put them in the crisis pile, rinse, repeat. Does it seem kind of awful that it's based on the influence? So like the person who's not as popular dies Let's i know they're like the zombies get rid of lloyd we don't like lloyd <laughs> lloyd's out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful <laughs> that's just reminding me of kids in the hall it's supposed to be a get-together not a party who has to lead lloyd, lloyd. <laughs> i don't remember that lloyd has to leave the party because it's, it's too many people he's one too many people so he has to leave that's pretty funny at least they didn't feed him to the zombies though i know i know in this case they're like who gets eaten by the zombies lloyd (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say how difficult is this game to teach a non-gamer it's there's quite a lot going on right there's a lot to absorb, and I think right. we still might have screwed up a couple rules here and there. Right. There's like an the invest- barricades. I still think that, I don't see how you can put up no. a barricade when there's a zombie. We honestly did not screw up any rules. But in there's this game. a zombie standing right there. How can you put up a barricade <laughs> next to him? I don't. I, you just do. You just covered up that hole, but he's like attacking you. you, you just, and he doesn't just attack you, you. You throw a ball down the hall, and you're like, "That's my brain," and he runs after it, and then you <laughs> barricade up. No, um, I don't know. I thought that part was a little right. If that's really how the rule is, that takes away from the theme part for me. Well, I'm just... That's fine. But how difficult is this to teach it on gamer? Really, really hard. I'm going to give it... really hard? Yes. Are you going to give it a five? I'm... Oh. Unless, well, if they were to... If you're just to hand the game to a bunch of non-gamers, I'd give it a five. No, you're teaching a non-gamer. Me teaching or you You've teaching? You've learned how to play. You have learned how to play it. I'm going to say five. And you're going to teach it to, to someone who never has played these type of games. Five. 
Okay. I, I think there's just too much. I think it's really <clears throat> difficult. I'd give it pretty high. And the reason I'm going to give it pretty high, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. And the reason I'm going to give it a four is this. You have to teach the concept of not only an adventure game, of searching and, and doing all that kind of stuff, but you also have to teach them the idea of a betrayer and secret role game as well mm-hmm. into the same game. This is not an entry-level game. This is not for someone to casually pick up at Barnes & Noble and say, oh, what are these hobby games about? We'll play this. They're going to have a terrible experience learning that game if mm-hmm. they ever get through it at all. Well, they could just do the co-op mode. Well, there is a easier. there is a watch it played on this one too. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Was it good? I think it was pretty good. Better than my semistics. Good. So, anyways, uh, I give it a four. You give it a five. And what do you rate this game out of five? I would say a four. Really? Mm-hmm. I'd say a four as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it quite cracks that top notch. It's it's fun, and it, I'm definitely I'm saying that it's definitely a smart game. And it's definitely better than Time Stories. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite crack that top notch for No, me. I think it definitely deserves a lot of the hype that it got. I, I right. think it's really fun, really entertaining. Um, but I'm not sitting here right now. If you said, let's go play Dead of Winter right now, I'd be like, I really would rather get some dinner. If you said, let's go play Elder Tor right now, I'd be like, okay, let's just make a sandwich and then play. Yeah. So right, it's not quite one of those jump at it chances. Now they are coming out with a an expansion this year, and it is the hope of the guild that we play this game again. The expansion, but that'll be a, that'll be like a uh, a what got played probably or a struggle versus evil. Okay, it's not <laughs> now be a feature. Uh, so that that's dead of winter, and uh, we are going to have to wrap this episode pretty soon. But we do have one more thing to do because we do. We did get a question, so let's let's see if we've got answers. Uh, Jay has written us, and he asks, I was just wondering what your top five solo games would be. Now, your wish is my command, and I just hope Nicole doesn't cheat. Nicole? What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Let me start this one off with my number five. My number five favorite solo game is the, and I'm just going to go with a wash, as the legendary deck building games. I play these by myself. Okay. And I really have a good time. I feel challenged. I don't I don't ever feel that urge to do that solo cheat kind of thing where you just like say, "Ah, I'm going to cheat and get through it. I forget it, you know." Okay. Legendary games do that for me. That's my number 5, Nicole. What's oh. your number 5? Okay, well I have to cheat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now this this should not be a surprise to our regular listeners, but I don't like playing board games solo. 
Cheater. It makes me sad. It makes me feel Cheater. no. Cheater. It's like back in the day when I was an only child, yeah. and the only friends I had would rather play stupid Barbies than play games. Barbie's a fun game. No, it's not. I don't like Barbie dolls. Okay, I never liked playing with the dolls. I didn't mind some of the dress up because some of the outfits were kind of cool. Right, but, but once you've right? got them in the outfit, I'm done. Let's go play a game. But no. So I got to play games by myself. I don't like doing that. It's very sad and depressing. <laughs> so I picked video games. <laughs> Unbelievable. They're my favorite. If I'm going to play solo, I'm playing a video game. So number five. So Jay, just get ready. You're going to get her five favorite video games and I'm going to go through solo board games. So go, Nicole. Banjo-Kazooie. Ridiculous. On the Nintendo 64. I don't 64. even want to talk about it. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. love it. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh-huh. It was... It was it was 3D kind of thing going on, and, and ex- you get to explore That's everywhere. That's my favorite part There's of that game. There's a lot of collectability in my it. My favorite part about the game was the was dialogue bird? noises. Oh, it was so fun. That they- <laughs> I loved it. That at one point, the bird is in your backpack, and you like you get a special ability where you flip over, and then the bird's running really fast, and Banjo's just like wobbling around on his back. It was funny. Great. It was so cute. Great. Back to board games. Okay. My number four is actually Zombicide. I really like playing that game by myself. We I've never even played that one. You haven't. We'll get to it. I've Not this it. year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game. Okay. Number four for me. Shadowgate on the Nintendo Six oh Nintendo my. Entertainment yeah. System. You know what Shadowgate is? What time stories should have been. Except <laughs> I really liked Shadowgate. Shadowgate, I didn't mind going through over and over again. I know, it's what time stories should have been. You're right. Feels about the same, though, doesn't it? No, Shadowgate was good. All right. Shadowgate, better than time stories. That's another game. So, uh, (laughs) my third favorite is, and I've done this a a few times, Runebound 2nd Edition I've played by myself. Really? It's weird, but you just do it. You just I go through for an adventure. I might actually be able to do that one by myself. I really like that game a lot. It's fun. I've never played by myself, it's, but it's a it good just time. Seems sad. I don't want to do you it. Just go through the process, and you build a character, and you fight the evil bad guy and win. Yeah. And it's kind of a nice little. But then you're not competing against me and, and rubbing my face in the dirt. Oh, I love it, but I, I I really like the adventure too. So that's my number three. What's your number three? Uh, Lufia and the Fortress of Doom on insane. Super Nintendo. <laughs> It's insane. That's These are all Luf- old games, too. I know. Lufia's like my, my little <coughs> name on uh, Board Game Geek. There you too. go. Lufia 37, technically. All right. I never played those games. I have nothing to say about you them. Never, oh, it was like a role-playing game, but it was it was like a puzzle at the same time. It was like an action RPG. You would like it. I doubt it. Okay, number two, Fortune and Glory. I played this by myself a couple times, and I really liked it. We need to do that one as a feature. <clears throat> I don't know. If people want to hear that, they'd have to tell me on my guild. Well, we wouldn't do it just two-player. <laughs> they'd have to tell me on the guild if they want to hear that. Nice. I got all the expansions for that, too. All of them? Yep. Okay. I like it. What's your number two? <laughs> Bioshock this is for ridiculous. Xbox 360. My favorite part about Bioshock. This is it, too. I was, soundtrack? I, I do have some, no. Oh. <laughs> the soundtrack's fine. What's cool about Bioshock is that there is a moment in there where the CG stops, like the cutscene stops. And the gameplay starts, and it's so seamless that you're like, wait, wait, am I playing the game? Yeah. And then you start moving, and you're like, whoa, I'm playing the game. That's it's the best part of Bioshock Pretty amazing. Right there. I played that whole game, and that was my favorite part of the whole thing was the very beginning. Yeah, well, you sat there for like a minute going, what is going on? And then you just hit the 
You move the, the controller joystick. Controller is go, like whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number one is Eldritch Horror. I've played Eldritch Horror three times with myself, and I liked it every. So single that's time. your your favorite game. Solo. What? And it's, it's one so of your good. top. Five. It's so good. Okay. I know a lot of people are probably going to say, I thought that Touch of Evil was your favorite. Not, Not solo. solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your favorite video game, cheater? <laughs> Dragon Force on the Sega Saturn. Dragon Force was amazing. That was, oh my gosh. I want to go play it right now. That game, and this, this, it, it, it's probably dated. If I try to touch it right now, I'd probably be like, whatever. But I don't I know. I think I would still like it. It was, <laughs> it was not like any other game, right? Like I still, to this day, have never played another video game like it. It was the closest thing to having like a Braveheart like battle on the screen. I think they they had like a, it was probably didn't it wasn't it like fifty guys per side would run into each other in the middle and smash into each other. Yeah, and you got to determine when certain troops ran up and certain ones didn't, and you could cast spells that were unique mm-hmm. to your hero and that shot across their ranks and blew up their guys. Oh, it was so fun! It was really cool. That game was amazing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, well, Dragon Force is a good choice. It's no Elder Tor, but. <laughs> It was fun. And of course, I have an honorable mention because I wouldn't be Nicole if I didn't. Oh, my God. You win video games and you get a sixth choice. This is ridiculous. You owe me $5. I'll buy dinner tonight. You have to now. But my honorable mention is Portal. And the only reason it didn't totally make the list as number one is because it's part of the orange box. And I really didn't care about Half-Life that much. You're in. You're out of your mind. I'm not, even gonna get, I'm not even going into there. Here we go. <laughs> so that's the end. Of another episode of Talk About Board Games. Really long one. Sorry, guys. Right, two hours, 32 minutes right now. Oh, my gosh. So we appreciate that you've taken time to listen to us ramble, and we hope you enjoyed it. Now, you can ask us questions by posting on our BGG Guild or by emailing us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com. Now, we have a P.O. Box, and you can send things to it. It's P.O. Box 6943, Lee's Summit, Missouri, 64064. And in fact, we just got a letter from Jeff in there, and we will deal with that next episode. But we want to make sure that you know our P.O. Box issues have been solved. Yep. Thanks for writing, Jeff. And anybody else who wants to write, we are receiving them now. That's the Finally. We're just full of technical difficulties, <laughs> even with the snail mail. I, I had to talk to the, to the post office three times to get it resolved. And then so. we had to go in person. Right. Now, if you would like more people to know about our show, all you have to do is just rate us on iTunes. If you do that, more people get to see, it basically raises us in the exposure of the list and makes us more popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, don't forget that you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like our Facebook page. Now, in two weeks, Daniel brings Jamie over to play one of his favorite games. In fact, it's named after his hometown, Concordia. Thank you so much for listening. Let's see you next time. I'm going to build three barricades. The colony. Really? (laughs) Build a fort? Going to build a fort. Where did all the cushions from the couch go?